This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? Indeed, it is the Monty Show on Wednesday, August 3rd already. A lot to get to today, Jake. Yes. Thanks for not helping prepare for the show. Appreciate it. Jake did absolutely nothing to start the show today. No, I'm kidding. Um, I say that because this is one of those days where we were behind all morning long. Things happen. Listening to Vin Scully highlights the late great Dodger broadcaster passed away last night at the age of 94. So get ready to talk about your favorite broadcasters of all time because we will absolutely do that. The Utah Utes shocking the world in the latest college football rankings. Can the Utes play their way into the Big 12? We'll talk about that coming up. And Jake says that the food you're eating is killing you. Us. So you essentially had one of those mornings where you were like, hey, I'm going to pee in your coffee. By the way, all of your favorite foods are killing you and every other American who likes them as well. Nice burger. Yeah, thanks. Nice brought. Thank you for starting nice the morning chip. in such a chipper fashion. Yeah, see what he did there? Chip and chipper, and it kind of all goes together. Yeah, it comes out naturally. I didn't even try to right. do that. But having said all of that, let's start with the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz seemed to be heading for a parting of company. And I guess the question, I guess the question is, if you are Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz, are you going to park company? And will you park company because of media narratives in Salt Lake City? It seems like the media in Salt Lake is actively working to drive Donovan Mitchell out of Salt Lake City. And I say that again because another article printed by what is supposedly, supposedly, the number one media outlet in Salt Lake City uh, is negative and anti-Donovan Mitchell and talking about how um, there is a belief around the NBA that in three years Donovan will walk away from the Jazz and that's why they have to trade him now, which is complete trash. There is no NBA executive that is going to trade a player today because, oh, in three years he might walk away from the team. Yet this is what we get from what is supposed to be Salt Lake City's number one news source for sports and everything else. And Jake, I just don't understand why the media in Salt Lake City continues to run with this narrative that Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz need to end their relationship. Yeah, I think that there's a number of issues here, in, in my opinion. You know, again, my opinion, 100%. Like, I think the first issue is is that, yeah, it is, it is seemingly inaccurate information. First, you know, if you look back over the last month, what did we get? Ah, uh, well, you know, they're definitely they're definitely trying to trade Donovan Mitchell. They're they're calling around the league trying to trade Donovan Mitchell. Then it was, hey, you know, the Knicks are super close to to acquiring Donovan Mitchell and I have text messages and and I'm, you know, in the know and then nothing happened and that didn't look great and now we're here. And now we're getting articles about Donovan Mitchell. You know, uh, Danny Ainge wants to move Donovan Mitchell because in three years, Don will probably walk in free agency. I got news for you. That's not how it works. That's never been 
how the NBA works. And whether we're talking about Donovan Mitchell or LeBron or Bryce Harper in baseball or Juan Soto in baseball or whoever, right? Any big name player. GMs and executives are not going about their day saying, well, you know, Donovan Mitchell is going to leave in three years, so I better trade him today. We're not there yet, man. You got three seasons to to win Donovan Mitchell over. You got three seasons to build a roster around him and bring a winner to Salt Lake City. That's where we are. So I completely agree with the sentiment that, yeah, the, the media is negative on Donovan Mitchell, and I just don't quite understand it. Now, what I will say is there is some criticism that is warranted on Donovan Mitchell. Yes, the leadership needs to improve. Yes, the defense has to improve. Yes, the decision-making on offense has to improve. There are things in his game that he needs to get better with. There's no doubt about that, you know? And last year is where everything kind of got to a tipping point. So it's not as though Donovan Mitchell's perfect, but I just think that this this opinion or this narrative, if you will, that, that the Utah Jazz are just hell-bent on trading Donovan Mitchell is just not credible. I, I just don't believe it. And again, it's my opinion. And yes, some of it is off information that we've gotten, obviously, but but my opinion is they're not actively trying to trade Don. We've been saying that for weeks. Like, hey, they're not looking to trade Don. They're not calling around the league, trying to get, you know, every single team and their mom involved. But if someone calls the, the, the Utah Jazz and wants to talk to Danny Ainge about giving them their entire franchise for one player, then Danny's going to listen. That's unchanged. I just, I, 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 I'm struggling with this, honestly. Like, I have, we have talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, frankly, we made a, a promise not to rip the media in Salt Lake City. But how do you, how do you, how do you explain this? This is one of the most ridiculous, unprofessional things I think I have and ever seen. And I don't seen. think it's just the Tribune either. Like, we, we need to be really clear on this. I think it's multiple outlets in the Valley talking about how, like everyone is just sure they're just they're just like a hundred percent certain that the Utah Jazz are trying to trade Donovan. Well, it's Mitchell. not even the opinion thing that bothers me. Hey, your opinion on something that you see or something that you deal with, your opinion on whether the Jazz are going to trade Donovan Mitchell. Hey, man, I'm all good with that. If you agree or disagree, I, that's what makes the the talk world go round you know like we do a talk show every day that is if you read the comments on this show you know that every single day um people disagree with us and and we're good with that we're good with that the thing that i don't understand is you're the number one newspaper in salt lake city mm -hmm. supposedly mm -hmm. you are supposedly the source for jazz news supposedly and yet you continue to put out pieces that are pure conjecture, that are pure fantasy, that are not based in any fact whatsoever. And I, I just can't comprehend it. I don't get it. And the thing that I struggle with so much is if this was a one-off, if this was just August and the NBA news cycle slow, okay, maybe, maybe. But you're putting out a piece where you supposedly are talking to NBA sources saying, well, the Jazz have to trade Donovan now because he's going to walk away in three years. In three years, he's going to walk away, so you have to trade him now. <laughs> there is no logic in that whatsoever. That's just not the way the NBA works. First of all, I've covered this league for 30 years. I've never seen a team be like, well... You know, um, our best player, 
Yeah, he's got a contract that ends in three years. We should trade him now. We shouldn't sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie because they'll leave in a year. Well, we just we just signed this guy to a three-year extension. He may walk away. We should trade him now. Nobody thinks that. Nobody. Not a single person thinks that. And by the way, the other part of this is Donovan Mitchell's never said that. Donovan's never asked for a trade. He has never said, I don't want to play here. Who's pushed that? The media. Who's pushed this idea that, oh, hey, you know, Donovan Mitchell thinks that he's too big for Salt Lake City. The media. Donovan's never even got anywhere near that. Never said that. I have talked to people in his circle. He has never said that. They have never said that. The Jazz have never heard that from Don. Yet we continue to get this garbage from the media in this town who wants to see a Donovan Mitchell trade so they can stand up and they can say, oh, look at me, we were right. Okay, does that make you feel better? Like when they trade Donovan Mitchell, and I think it's still a possibility, when they trade Donovan Mitchell and you stand up and say, see, I told you so, does does that make you feel better? Because I don't understand this anti-Donovan Mitchell sentiment that is being pushed by the media in this town. I I just, I don't get it because I don't think it plays to what jazz fans want. I don't think it plays to what readers and, and, and fans across the state want or feel or think. I just don't. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the trouble is, is, you know, you're, you're not writing based off of Donovan Mitchell's actions or based off of like what, what you're hearing in my opinion. I mean, again, I can't emphasize this enough. What you were just saying, like, Nobody in sports, this isn't just an NBA conversation, like in sports, you don't sign a guy to an extension who's your best player and then say, well, he's still got three years, but we'll go ahead and trade him because, you know, he's going to leave. That that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then I look at, you know, I look at this concept of, you know, the negativity and not not writing based on Donovan's actions. What have we seen from Donovan Mitchell? And I'm going to keep saying this thing until I'm blue in the face. What have we seen? We've seen work. We've seen work on his body, work in the gym, working on that mid-range two weeks ago. he We showed you video of Donovan at Brickley's gym working on his mid-range, his footwork, his touch around the rim. Like, he's showing you what he's doing, yet, yet what do we get? Well, he's leaving. He's leaving. They want to trade him. They want to trade him. He thinks he's too big for Salt Lake City. He's never said any of that, and yet he's shown you the work he's putting in. And this is what he gets. And that is my problem. I'm not saying that the media has an obligation to Donovan Mitchell, but as a media member, you have an obligation and a responsibility to write things that are 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 based in at least somewhat fact. Like to to you have a responsibility, in my opinion, to go, okay, A plus B equals C, not A plus Y equals G. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where I feel like we are in this town with the media and nationally. I've been I have not been nice about about what 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 Brian Windhorse has done on ESPN. Uh, I haven't been nice about what some of the other source guys have said and then had to backtrack on and fix and and go round and round. You know, I just don't think that it's being responsible to run all this stuff out about how they want to trade him and Don doesn't want to be here when no one's ever said that. And he, most importantly, Donovan's never said that. And we keep guessing and we keep playing this game like, oh, well, he farted today, so that means he wants to be traded. Like, what are you doing? Why, are, why is it so impossible for the media in Salt Lake City to simply cover people at face value? That's the biggest question I have. And again, 
I just have never seen a media player relationship like we've seen with Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. I've seen contentious relationships. I've seen players refuse to talk to the media. I covered guys like Randy Moss, who just used to routinely walk through the Raider locker room with his middle finger raised on media days he was supposed to talk to the media. Like, I've seen the worst of the worst. Mm -hmm. I have never seen a, 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 a media that goes after a player on a regular basis, mm -hmm. like as if there is an agenda on a regular basis. I've never seen it. And frankly, fans, I think you have to act. You have to stop supporting this. I told you months ago, after the Donovan Dallas situation, I, I canceled my subscription. And what was that situation? Because I don't want people to forget. The situation in Dallas was that the, the beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune said something of opinion, and and it was completely not true. And Donovan Mitchell got upset about it and went after that that particular person, whose name I'm not going to mention, um, who went after that particular person on Twitter. And that was it. That was it for me. Like, you just can't continue. A beat writer is somebody that's supposed to deliver the news. Yes. Deliver the news. What's happening with the team? What is, you know, what's the, give me a thorough breakdown of their salary cap, like deliver analysis and news, mm -hmm. not opinion, not, Hey, I'm going to, I like, I just, I don't understand it. I am a, at a complete loss for words as to why the, the Tribune continues to do this. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. I am not going to pay for their, their content. I am happy to pay for, for the athletic because I get. What I get from Tony Jones is valuable. I get analysis. Very rarely do you get Tony Jones with his opinion on what a trade should be or that's just not how beat people cover teams. Your opinion is not the, the central focus. You're not a columnist. You're a beat writer. Give me analysis. Give me facts. Give me, hey, this happened with the team. Not, I think this is what was said, or he said this, or, hey, you know, they're going to trade him in now because in three years, like, no, man, that's not, I, I'm, I'm just done with it. Yeah. I'm done with it. Yeah. There's no reason for it. I've never seen a, a, a media outlet have this kind of agenda against one particular player. Well, and I think the price it's you baffling. pay, the price you pay in the long run is Donovan leaving. You know, you, you you write stories about Don leaving when it's not true, and then you're surprised when he leaves. And then you're going to say, well, we were right. We were right that he's leaving. Yeah. I mean, that it's just ridiculous to me. It's crazy to me. Like, why would you not be talking about, like, if you're going to do opinion pieces, write about Don's work. Write about, hey, th this is where his game is based on what I'm seeing. Yeah. Hey, last season, based on numbers and based on tape, this is what what you know the weak points in his game were. This is what he's shown yeah. us he's working on. That's what I'd be writing about. Well, like, like I look at this comment uh, on the show from Connor Tulin, and if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Donovan Mitchell. Um, and the supposed leader in jazz coverage in this town wrote another piece that essentially centered around why the jazz would trade Donovan Mitchell, and it's because he... He has three years left on his contract, and sources say he will opt out of the contract after he will walk away from the Jazz. Just like sources after said they three were, years. just like sources said they're going to trade him to the Knicks imminently, right? So Connor Tulin says he's spending his time 
his offseason in two cities that are uh, in rumors for him. Like he has every single year as a professional, he's spending time in Miami and New York. He's a New Yorker. He's a Westchester kid. His personal trainer is in Miami. David, David Alexander. Alexander is his body man. Yeah. And he's LeBron's body man. And he is like Industry David Alexander leader. is in Miami. Donovan Mitchell has always spent a lot of time in Miami. Donovan Mitchell has always spent a lot of time in New York. His dad works for the Mets. He is from Westchester. He works out with Chris Brickley, who is his basketball coach, his personal basketball coach, who is in New York. So Chris or Connor, excuse me, he always spends time in Miami and New York. Why is it news? By the way, he spent time in Louisville. Does he want to go back and play basketball at Louisville? Does everywhere he was in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. Does that mean he wants to be traded to the Lakers or the Clippers or like you you just you can't you can't do that. You can't do that. I'm just I I the thing that really bothers me is you're spending so much time trying to draw lines between dots mm -hmm. that you're not appreciating the guy as a player. Infowars.com. And listen, I think again, you know, you know, if you watch this show on a regular basis, this show, we live by the moniker that we are the truth in Salt Lake City Sports Talk. That's what we deliver you every day. And from what I understand and, and what I hear, I talk to people at the Jazz. And by the way, I said every time we talk about the media here, they came to us. We did not go to the Jazz, they came to us right? We talked to people around the NBA and they've all said, yeah, there's a chance he still gets traded. It's probably going to be in late August or early September if it happens. But most people put it at the, the, the common percentage is about 70, 30. Donovan Mitchell does not get traded before training camp opens. Most people believe he will go to training camp with the jazz. I personally think they're going to still try and trade him to the Knicks. I know that the Knicks are still very interested in Donovan Mitchell. It's a matter of how many draft picks will it take to get him. But when Donovan Mitchell's gone, watch those who stand up and jump up and down and say, I told you so. I told you so. Those are the people. Those are the ones that you should watch closely. Because anybody's celebrating the fact that the Utah Jazz are trading a talent the level of Donovan Mitchell has, a, has an agenda. Yep. Anybody celebrating the fact that the Jazz are trading Donovan Mitchell, a guy that is exactly what prototypes of today's NBA player are made of, has an agenda. This is not a guy you want to trade. Any organization trading a guy the caliber of Donovan Mitchell is in trouble. Yeah, It is not a good thing. Anytime you trade somebody like Donovan Mitchell, it is a negative thing. So just keep that in mind as we talk about this story today. And I just am amazed by it. Yeah. I, I am amazed. And I'm <clears> curious <throat> how much impact the media has on Don. Because I know he pays attention. I know that he pays attention. I know he watches the headlines. I know he watches Twitter. Yeah. I wonder how much the impact, how much the media impacts him. I think it's a pretty significant amount. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that. I mean, I, certainly it doesn't impact him more than like some of the other studs in the league who have their fair share of fun on social media that we all know and love, like the Durants of the world or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think if you're a guy the caliber of Donovan Mitchell, yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to pay attention. You're definitely going to gonna you know watch what people are saying. And I, and I, and again, I, it needs to be said. Like I think that's why 
you know, the Dallas bench thing played out the way it did. That's why he he spoke out on Twitter. I think that's why, you know, Donovan Mitchell has been silent. Do you think it's any, do you think it's any, like, you know, do you think there's any confusion around the idea that he hasn't said word one this offseason? Well, I got news for you. People are saying, well, he's not saying anything because he wants to be traded and he wants to do it quietly. And I'm sitting here telling you he's not saying anything because all the all the news is negative and hey he's leaving he's leaving he's leaving and all this guy's gone and done it's worked his ass off the whole offseason because he knows there's a ton to prove he knows now that Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt and all these guys are here and maybe some of those guys get moved sure but he knows what's on the line this season in Salt Lake assuming he's going to be here so that's why I say like I just you know I understand that in the summer it's slow in the NBA I get it. But as a, as a beat writer of a major outlet, you have a responsibility to do your damn job. You're getting paid to cover the team. So cover the damn team. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, back in the comments, Daniel Westover says, gives us a $5 tip. Thank you very much. Thank you. We appreciate that. Thank By you. the way, if you're here watching the show, please give us a thumbs up and a like. It really does help the show grow. Uh, appreciate everybody who tips us. Appreciate everybody who likes and follows the show. Thank you. Uh, Daniel Westover says, per sources around the league, Andy, Andy Larson will be traded to New York for some real beat journalists. I, again, I, I appreciate the tip. Thank you. This is not an Andy Larson issue in particular. I have voiced my displeasure with Andy. Um, and I, it is what it is. It, it is, this is it. My issue is with the Tribune. Because yeah, this is the, so much bigger tribune, than one person, dude. Yeah, the Tribune tolerates. Yeah. The Tribune the Tribune pays their writers, man. Those are the guys doing the job. If they didn't like what those guys were doing, they would say so. They would say so. And I know for a fact people at the Jazz have told me repeatedly they're, they're, they do not like and they do not go out of their way to help the Tribune because of stuff like this. So... The Tribune knows exactly what they're doing. Uh, Ramsey 10 says, good morning. Yeah, the media, um, yeah, the media, this isn't an Andy Larson thing. I don't want to make this personal with Andy. I, I really don't. I don't know Andy. I, we have never met. I'm not, it's not personal with Andy Larson. This is not an Andy Larson thing. This is a Utah Jazz Salt Lake Tribune thing. Andy is the beat writer for them. That is a, a well-known fact. Neville 93 says, good morning, guys. These people are pathetic in this state. Well, I would point to look, not the I, people because I think jazz fans are great. Look, it needs to be, I want to be really clear on this. It's it, again, it, this isn't a one person issue. No. Right. Like to, to, to give one person credit for this entire issue would, would not be correct. The issue is, is that the, the, the caliber and the quality of, of coverage is not good enough. Like you're, you're not as a, as, as a newspaper in a dying industry, let's be very clear. The newspaper's dying. I hope everyone's on the same page with that. It is dying. You can get it on your phone, but you got to pay for that. Right? Yeah. So, so when there is coverage and coverage and coverage and coverage nationally, and you've got guys like Tony Jones at the athletic doing great work, when you're at a local paper like the Salt Lake Tribune doing the work you're doing, you have an obligation to do better. You have it is it's literally your job to 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 write better content than a yeah he they need to trade him now because he's leaving in three years or there was some issue like 
And, and that's why I say this isn't a, a one-person thing. That's not the point of the conversation. The point of the conversation is guys like Brian Windhorst, guys like who national, any national guy on, on TV, like, I just don't like the inconsistency. One day we get, oh, he's being traded, and and we get memes from Brian Windhorst doing, putting on, getting an Emmy Award for his acting on ESPN. Like, I just get tired of it, bro. I get tired of it. There, We have heard things and been told things that we intentionally did not say on the show or intentionally did not report because we couldn't back them up factually. We could not get confirmation. We could not get, you know, credible sourcing on it. So we didn't report it. And that's the obligation you have that I feel like nobody follows. Yeah, I, I really struggle with it, frankly. I really, I want, I want better from, from the media. I, I, I again, I grew up in Chicago, it, which is one of the best newspaper towns in the history of this country. I grew up with a media that holds people accountable. Um, you look at cities like Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco as one of the best media groups in the, in the country. Look at what they're um, doing to these golfers, I, I, bro. I just, yeah, I mean, you look at the the European, you look at the European media. I, I, Salt Lake City deserves better. Mm -hmm. And he, the thing that I would say again, watch where you spend your money. Watch where you spend your money. When you have to subscribe to something, it better be good nine out of 10 days. Mm -hmm. And the Salt Lake Tribune is not. You deserve better. If you are paying for a digital subscription, you deserve better. I'm not I'm not telling you not to subscribe to them. I will never spend another penny with them. Not when their when their structure is as it is. I think you're making a mistake doing that. Support the athletic. That's what I would tell you. Support the Deseret News. I I happen to think Sarah Todd is a very good feature writer. I think she's good at what she does. I think Tony Jones is one of the best beat writers I've ever been around. And I support the athletic with my dollars. I will not support the Salt Lake Tribune. I just, I, there's too many, there's too many opinions mixed in with fact Yeah. where they try to pass opinion off as fact and it's not. And it's, it, I just don't think and it's it the right thing up, to do. It, and then it gets picked up nationally and then the yeah. narrative starts spinning. And that's the other issue. Like I, I, I guess my biggest thing here is I want more integrity. I want more, like, I want more professionalism in the role. I want more like, Hey, I have a responsibility because I'm me to make sure that the things that I report and that I write are based in fact. And if I don't have anything fact-based to back up the idea that they're going to trade him now because he's leaving in three years, I probably shouldn't report that. What I should report is that, hey, yeah, there is a lot of controversy around Donovan Mitchell. Hey, yeah, there is a lot of talking nationally. But what's this guy doing? He's working his ass off to be in shape, to improve his game. And when he comes back and puts up 30 points a night, as you've been saying, don't be surprised. And the, and and as you said, hey, the people who celebrate when Don leaves, watch those people. Take note of who those people are. No pun intended. When like, those people celebrate, when and you will see it. You will see it. Those people will celebrate. And those are the people you need to watch because I'm telling you, I've been around Jordan. I've been around Kobe. I've been around Steph. I've been around Shaq. You I've been LeBron's around Magic. Game. I've been around LeBron. I have seen the very best talent the NBA has ever had to offer. Donovan Mitchell, while not currently in that class, has the ability to be there. And if you celebrate him leaving your team, I, I just... I, I the day that Michael Jordan put on a Wizards uniform, I said I regret not enjoying it and not not realizing how lucky we were as Bulls fans mm -hmm. to have him. When Shaq left the Lakers, I said, "Hey, Laker fans, you I hope you enjoyed. I hope you realize 
how lucky you are to have Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. And now you don't. Like the day that Kobe died, everybody was like, man, I wish I'd appreciated him more. Yeah. I'm telling you now, if we've seen Don play his last game in a jazz uniform, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you appreciate it. Yeah. I hope that you recognize how special and talented he is. Thanks. Dennis uh, Levy, thank you. I think it's Levy. L-E-V-I-E. Levi? Levy. Levy. I think it's Levy, yeah. Uh, Dennis, thanks for the $2 uh, super sticker. Uh, Good morning to Erica Schultz. Erica, good to see you. Uh, Dennis Levi. Morning, boys. I'm a big Celtics fan. What are your thoughts on our performance in the playoffs versus how we played in the championship? You You need... You need Jason Tatum to take another step. And frankly, I don't know that Tatum and Brown ever win a championship together. Because I, I, they were close, but they weren't really that close. You're in the finals, which is great. You won an Eastern Conference championship now. Now what? What's the next thing? And the indication is that they very clearly tried to trade for Kevin Durant, which tells you that there's a good chance that the guys running, you know, Wick Rosebeck and company realize that they don't have what it takes to win. So, you know, I, I would be, yeah, I'd be excited if I were a Celtic fan. Daniel Westover says Larson's trip piece is trash. It's 100% speculation full of stuck. Like, like there is a sense around the league that Don feels this way. Why not try doing some actual journalism? That's my point. That's my point. The problem is, and, and here's the issue too. Donovan Mitchell is not available. Not during the season, not in the offseason. He's not talking to the media. Mm -hmm. He is a guy that does it begrudgingly. In my opinion, I don't believe that he trusts the media in Salt Lake City. And why should he? Why should he? Because he's had multiple run-ins with the Tribune. And I think perfectly justified. I don't know why you would trust the media here. Because if you look at the the real media in this town, I don't know that that's a thing. Yeah, I don't know that it exists. And the 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 issue is again, is that the media in Salt Lake City is all owned wholly by the church. Mm-hmm. And if you're not owned by the church, you're in, the Jazz are in your pocket. It's that simple. And when you are KSL, you're owned by the church, and the Jazz are in your pocket. So are you really going to get unbiased reporting? No. No. Are you ever going to hear the truth? No. Are you, when you look at the zone, the zone doesn't give you unbiased reporting. The zone does not give you unbiased opinion. Look at, you know, PK last week, Patrick Kinahan, or I guess two weeks ago now, with this this story about how the trade is imminent and I'm going to go on another show on the station and... And then he retracted that. He backpedaled as fast as one humanly possibly can. Mm. The trade is imminent. It's going to happen. My phone's blowing up. And it never happened. It never happened. And then it comes out that it wasn't close. And as we told you, they hadn't talked at that point for 10 days. He broke up with you over text message? Right? But why is he backpedaling? Because I'm sure the Jazz were not happy about that. And I'm sure that he didn't run that by the people he's got to run that by. And you look at the Tribune, their lifeblood is the Utah Jazz. You look at the Deseret News, their lifeblood is BYU and the Jazz. Are, are, is anything owned by the church ever going to be critical of BYU? No. Never. Never. Who owns KSL? 
who is currently managing the Zone Sports Network? Mm-hmm. Bonneville. Who owns Bonneville? The church owns Bonneville. Oh. So the Jazz, BYU, look at the Utes, ESPN 700. Look at RSL, Real Salt Lake, ESPN 700. There's no unbiased media. You're looking at it. You're looking at it. This is it right here. Because there is not a radio show in this town. There is not a, a newspaper columnist in this town. There is not a beat writer in this town that in some way, shape, or form doesn't, doesn't have a leash on. Yep. Because of their relationship with the team. The Salt Lake Tribune is by far not unbiased. Look, I mean, again, another example. Hey, Don's got three years left on his contract. He's going to walk away at the end. They should trade him now. Hell no. Three years from now. You know how much how, time three years is? Well, in the how NBA? different are the Jazz than they were three years ago? How different is this team than it was three years ago? How different are the Knicks than they were three years ago? How different are the Nets than they were three years ago? Look at what the Warriors went through in the last three years. Do you have any idea how much changes in this league in, in three years? Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, uh, dude. Come on. Come on. Uh, Prismac from Poland. My from Polish Poland. How are we doing? Or maybe we should give a match to Draymond Green to pair him with Vanderbilt. Imagine Green and Beverly together on the court. That would be insane. I can't even imagine that. I cannot even imagine that. What's going to happen in this town when the Jazz win a championship? I, I have no idea. Change. I mean, nothing's going to change. You know, I, I think that I think that if they were to win a championship, I mean, it would be great for sports here, obviously. Like, I mean, that would be amazing. I would love that. But I think that not much is going to change, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's an interesting that's an interesting thing to contemplate. That is an interesting thing to contemplate. Uh, M. Alvarez says, uh, hey, Tribune, this is what run uh, run players like Don out of town. Yeah, that's what it looks like. But then, but that's what it looks like. And again, it need, I think it really needs to be said. I don't have an issue with like, you know, independent, like hardcore accountability reporting. No. I don't have an issue with that. In fact, that's what our brand is. We're telling you the truth in, in, in Salt Lake City sports, right? Like that's what we do. But what I have an issue with is making things up or or just not being, you know, somehow there is a fly down here. But I don't know. I don't know how that's possible. Anyway, the point is <laughs> what I what I don't have an issue with is is, you know, factual accountability led reporting, but I do have an issue with the making up thing or like the 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 stretching thing as I like to call it. You know, I, that comment about like you know, the feeling around the league. What the hell is that? That's my issue with Windhorse and, and some of the other guys. Like, the feeling around the league. What does that mean? It's like a great example. And this is no fault to Woj at all. Woj just doing his job, right? Totally just doing his job. But look at what happened. So Woj, you know, tweets one thing. And then a week later, we'll follow up on that tweet. Because that's absolutely his job. And he does a damn good job of it. He'll follow up and say, hey you know, sources or the feeling around the league or, you know, whatever the case may be. And then everybody in Salt Lake takes that and says, oh, they're trading him. They're 100% trading him. It's over. That's the issue in this town. There's not a one plus one equals two. There's not a, a stream of information leading to the answer, which is why we've been saying for how long now, hey, yeah, if someone calls Danny Ainge and, and gives them the farm, yeah, they might trade Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, they might. But they don't want to trade Donovan Mitchell. They're not out shopping Donovan Mitchell. We've been saying that for weeks now. And where are we at with the whole situation? Right where we started. Yeah. It is what it is. I, I, I yeah. 
I don't know. Shikon, uh Shiron26 says, I wonder what would happen if people started to boycott these media outlets. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Dax Johnson. Dax. What's up, bro? Johnson. Uh, morning, boys. Worked 17 hours yesterday and back at it again today at 6 a.m. And uh, guys, keep me going through the day. Go Cougs. Thanks, Dax. Appreciate, Appreciate you Appreciate you, here, Dax. Man. And way to be a workhorse, man. That's that's not easy, bro. Darn right. Antonio Ruiz says, if he was so happy there, it's an easy question to answer. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I don't know that I would classify Donovan Mitchell as happy. And I, I don't know that that is happy. Where, what do you mean? In Salt Lake. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. One of the things I always say is I don't speak for players. I don't speak for people. I, I, I just think you're playing a dangerous game. And Donovan Mitchell's a grown ass man. When he wants somebody to know he's unhappy here, trust me, they will know. Oh, it's like the Kyler Murray thing, right? I mean, Kyler Murray didn't say anything. And then the contract thing happened, and all of a sudden he's on a podium. I mean, these guys will Funny speak. how that works. Yeah, they'll speak when they are when they feel like they need to speak. Ruff's official, good morning. He says, I bet Donnie has to be traded. Watch it. will come out after uh, the trade that he asked for it. Could be. I mean, I'd be shocked. We have heard, we have heard repeatedly from Don's people, from league sources, from the guys we talked to at the Jazz have all said he's never asked to be traded. That Donovan Mitchell has spent this summer – being very quiet, he has had pretty regular contact with the Jazz. Um, at the end of the season, they had very productive, honest, blunt conversations about where he was, where they were. Um, he is known for going on nine months now that they were going to trade Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell's known that. yeah. And Don has never, not one time, asked to be traded from what I've been told repeatedly. And I, it, it, could that be incorrect? Sure, it could be incorrect. Um, Donovan is in Germany right now. Donovan is on vacation with his family, still working out, still playing basketball. You think he's going to sign with the German but league? I, I, I think, I just think that if Donovan Mitchell was going to demand a trade, it would have been very public by now. It would have been very public because I am no fool. I am not blind. The jazz talk to us when they need something in the media. That's the purpose we serve, which is why we don't just hear from the Jazz and go running to the microphone. You have to bounce what you're hearing around the league and confirm it. Yeah, And we have confirmed multiple times Donovan Mitchell is not asked to be traded. I, I can't say it any simpler and than that. And by the way, I have to say again, and I'm going to keep saying it, we have heard things and been told things that we were unable to confirm, which is why you don't know about them because we didn't say it. That's the responsibility you have uh, in the media. And the funny thing is, we have heard those things. They'll show up in the Salt Lake Tribune and then be debunked. Mm. It's remarkable to me how many times that has happened. Hey, guys. I don't see it in the Deseret News. I don't see it at the in The Athletic from Tony Jones, but I see it in the Salt Lake Tribune. Like, we will, we will hear some crazy rumor. Nobody else will confirm it. One person will say it. And then we'll try to get it confirmed, no confirmation. And then it'll show up in the Tribune. And it's not surprising. It is not surprising at all. That has happened three, four times. Yeah. Three, four, easily, probably three, four times in the last six months. That's happened. And it's it's mind-boggling to me. Spencer Morgan, good morning. Trading DM now does make sense if you've decided to rebuild and if you have indications that he won't resign when his contract is up. I don't think his contract being up is any any part of their thought process, even a little bit. It is 
The idea that you would trade Donovan Mitchell because something's going to happen in three years is ludicrous. And it doesn't add up with with what what we've been told and what we've reported. Like, think about it. Why would you, nine months ago, when you told Don ahead of schedule that you were going to trade Rudy Gobert, right? Like, we told you they were going to trade Rudy Gobert, and then then a couple weeks later, we also told you that that the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell have uh, a, a relationship where they can tell him, hey, this is what's going to happen with this player, and we want you to know before anybody else knows, right? So why would they do that only to then after the season go ahead and trade him? Right when he's not publicly requested a trade, we've been told, as you just said, not to repeat what you just said, but he's never asked for a trade. It doesn't make sense. No, we're not going at all. off of respectfully, Spencer, and I'm not trying to go after you, man, but I just want you to see it from my side. You're you're going off of tea leaves. You're going off of rumor. Like like read it one more time. Trading Donovan Mitchell now does make sense if you have decided to rebuild. And if you have indications that he won't resign when his contract is up, better to get trade value now. So if you decided to rebuild, if you have indications, there's a lot of ifs there. They, the fact is, they don't have indications he's going to ask for a trade or, or not resign. There hasn't been any behavior that suggests a rebuild yet. As I've told you repeatedly, I think... You're not in rebuild mode right now. You're in retool. You're in, hey, we're going to be a playoff team through this process. That's not a rebuild. If you were rebuilding, why did you take Malik Beasley? Why did you, like? I mean, it. why did you bring in veteran players? Like, I think if they were completely rebuilding, you likely would have traded Donovan Mitchell first. To the Knicks. I, I Like, it, it, they haven't done a lot of things that make you think they're retooling or rebuilding. Much more of a retool. Yes. That... That, that, to me, is what... And that's what I'm saying. I want to make it really clear. I'm not trying to take you through the ringer, Spencer, but that's what I mean when I say, hey, there's a lot of conjecture. There's a lot of, you know, the feeling around the league, if they have indications. There is no feeling around the league. They don't have indications. That's no. the issue. Uh, Connor says, it's about optics. Why not say I'm a jazz man? Now, I agree with this. I do agree with this side of it. Donovan has had opportunities to solidify... His position. Now, it doesn't help him. By speaking does not help him. Nothing he says is Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help him. He's not not incentivized to say anything. But I don't disagree with the comment that it takes literally 30 seconds to tweet or maybe even update a bio because that's the level of pettiness that people are at in the world (laughs) where you can say... It totally is. You can say, like, I'm a jazz man or, you know, like whatever... You know, like whatever he would say to, to make jazz fans feel better. And that's truly, if I'm being honest... That's what I think the issue is. I think that people are insecure about the Jazz just being a garbage, god-awful basketball team for like five years, that that they want to ride this train of, of well, they're trading Donovan, we're going right back into Negativityville. Well, you know? and I just don't think players of this generation care to use the media. They just don't. Yeah. They don't trust the media, the fake news narrative that's been going on in this country for six years. Like Twitter's been going crazy. I, I think there is just a general... Lack of accountability in the media, as we're talking about today. I think there's a lack of trust from the athlete to the reporter. I think that's why relationships matter. That's why getting raked over the coals on Twitter because, you know, a player came after you, that matters. You don't ever get over that. You do not ever get over it. It's why you have to be held accountable by your bosses in media. It's why you have to... 
frankly, you have to hold yourself to an incredibly high standard. Think about the position, and, and I have no problem saying this. Think about the position we're in on this show. We're referred to as those little guys on YouTube. No, the hacks on Spence or the hacks Chekets, on YouTube. Spence Checkets routinely calls us the hacks on YouTube. So if we get routinely. one thing wrong, just one thing, our credibility is gone because because we're we're not ESPN 700, right? We don't have the built-in advantages that that others do, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, but it's why we don't it's why we don't take risks on this show. It's why. I'm just telling you, man, like th this whole Donovan Mitchell thing is crazy. Yeah, it, it is. It's it crazy. is the ultimate cesspool of 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 reaching and and, and stretching. For yeah, sure. Can Johnson? Good morning. KJ says there's a new generation in the house of jazz. Jazz fans have gotten used to the old generation trading our star players. This was a transition from old to new. The Millers were stuck in the old. The Millers, frankly, once once LHM passed. With all due respect to Gail, she was not building a winner. She was building a cash machine. They were selling cars. They were selling movie tickets. They were they were built to make money for their other businesses. That's what the Jazz did. Mm -hmm. And frankly, they did it very well. They sold a lot of cars. They filled a lot of theaters. They, they did very well with that. But when Ryan Smith bought the team, the clear edict was to win a championship. And I think that's why you had to let Dennis Lindsay go. That's why you have to bring in a, a guy who frankly doesn't care what you think and Danny Ainge, and you have to turn him loose. And he will every single time. And I think that's what you've seen. And that's why they traded Rudy Gobert. So Spencer Morgan says, seems like you guys would have us believe that all the national media and Andy Larson are just making things up. And when Don leaves, it's not because they were into something. I'm not saying that people are making things up. That's not at all what we would have you believe. What I would have you believe is there's no reason to write this shit just because the news cycle is slow. What facts are Nobody, there? hear me clearly on this. Nobody in the NBA is making a trade because of what's going to happen three years down the road. Nobody. I've been in this game too long. I have, I have covered the best executives in basketball from Jerry West to Bob Myers, to Danny Ainge. None of them, not a single one of them, are making a trade because their player's under contract and he's going to walk away in three years. Thanks. In three years. And if this were the first time, I could almost write that off to, well, it's August and it's a slow news cycle. But it's not the first time. It's like the hundredth time. And it won't be the last. And as far as the national guys go, there's only one. And it is Adrian Wojnarowski. Shams has not been. Shams has not really been a jazz guy. He's not somebody that routinely breaks jazz news. I know factually that Adrian Wojnarowski is very highly connected with the Utah Jazz. They talk to him. They give him information as they should mm -hmm. because he can be trusted and he has been honorable. I look at the situation with the Tribune. The Utah Jazz do not talk to the Salt Lake Tribune. They have not. They will not. This, this current locker room, I think as much as it is changing, as long as Donovan Mitchell is here, they will not talk to the to the Salt Lake Tribune. They won't. I, I Agents, players, executives in this organization have told me they do not trust the Salt Lake Tribune. They do not believe that they can go to the Salt Lake Tribune and give them information that it will be handled responsibly. The Jazz do not talk to the Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah. And listen, man, 
Spencer, you can say that we'd have this or that. It's it's just not. It's just not accurate. We're talking about the body of work, period. The body of work at the Salt Lake Tribune lacks ethics, it lacks credibility, and it certainly lacks professionalism. To write this piece, to say that in three years, NBA people believe... The feeling around the league. The feeling around the NBA is... Something's going to happen in three years? Come on. Get out of here. Like, I, I just... I'm telling you, this is why this will play a role in Donovan Mitchell's departure from this team. And for all the new listeners, it I just I, will. I, I want to say we're independent. We're not married to anybody. We don't have bosses. Like, we own this show. This is what we do. I like, am not invested in the outcome of the Utah Jazz. If the Jazz win a championship, it is far better for this show than if they're terrible. Yeah. Because if the Jazz are terrible, Jazz fans are hiking. They are not watching YouTube. If the Jazz are, you know, if the Jazz are in the playoffs, if the Jazz are making runs, if the Jazz are trading Rudy Gobert and bringing in a haul, Jazz fans are engaged. If you trade Donovan Mitchell and it, it's neither good nor bad for our show. If you trade Don and they tank and they lose for the next five years, it's not good for us at all. Yeah. So our investment is in winning. Our investment is 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 in, hey, here's what's happening with the Jazz. That's what we do on a daily basis. Yeah. This is what's happening. Our investment is in current events. Not what's going to happen in three years, which you cannot predict. Which, by the way, I also think that this what's happening with the Utah Jazz, this conversation we're having this morning, is super relevant to what's happening to the Utah Jazz. Because, again, this coverage absolutely affects guys like Donovan Mitchell or any of the other names that, that, that you know. Is it, by the way, is it any secret? And I, and I thought this was a little tidbit a couple uh, or when, when Royce got traded. Any surprise that Royce went to Summer League? Any surprise that Royce did uh, was kind of out in the eye? He was being seen. When's the last time you saw Royce O'Neal working, do anything? Working with Donovan's trainer now. Working with David Alexander. Almost every day, David Alexander posts a video of, of somebody like a Don. Somebody, like Royce. Yeah. I think Royce has been on David Alexander's Instagram story 10 times. Like, very clearly. And this is why Ben Simmons went to Summer League. Yes. Because a guy like Ben yes. Simmons knows how to leverage the media. Donovan Mitchell isn't talking to the media because, frankly, I just don't think he cares yeah. to give any information. Yeah. I, why would he? And that what includes is us, the, by the way. What is the win? Yeah. Yeah, Donovan, Ty Sullivan is very difficult to get a hold of. He is very difficult to get a hold of by design. When's the last time somebody quoted Ty Sullivan? I have his cell phone number. I have his email. I text him. I email him. I might hear from Ty Sullivan one out of every 10 times. Might. One out of every 10 times. They don't want narratives about themselves from themselves in the media. <laughs> they just don't. Yeah. And I don't I don't disagree with it. I don't have a problem with it. Yep. And this is why I say when when you guys are asking, well, why not just come out and say you're you're you want to be in Salt Lake City? For what? What's the win? What's the gain? What does Donovan Mitchell have to gain by saying, oh, yeah, I want to be in Salt Lake City. I play for the Utah Jazz. He put out on Instagram last night. So the Jazz, I think it was Twitter and Instagram. The Jazz tweeted a picture of Donovan Mitchell dunking on the New York Knicks. Everybody was like, oh, my God. And then Donovan replied with a video on Instagram of himself dunking on the New York Knicks. Oh, 
So they hate each other? So they're posting videos back and forth? <laughs> this is ridiculous. You see what I mean? It's like- <laughs> ridiculous. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm amazed by it. I'm amazed by it. Uh, Casey Finland says, says, shipping Gordon Monson on down the river from local radio media after the sale of the team is a sign that there is no trust in the Trib, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Gordy is a guy that is a very interesting example. Gordon yes. Monson is kept alive in this town by one thing, and that is Spence Checkets, who has him on his show occasionally. But the idea, and Gordon Monson is a very interesting guy in the general landscape of Utah media. Mm-hmm. Because I think when you look at Gordon's performance, like think about what was, was Gordon Monson entertaining to you on the radio? Could you in any way, shape or form relate to Gordon Monson on the radio? No, you couldn't. Gordon Monson projects as a 7,000 year old man. Like he projects as an older guy who talks slowly. He has that deep voice, which is great. Go write me a column. Don't get on my radio station. Mm Mm-hmm. But how long was he allowed to, to, to exist at the zone? How long have, if you listen to the, the voices in, in this market that are on the radio, can you really relate to DJ and PK? I don't even know how old they are, but they skew much older, mm-hmm. right? If, can, if you think about the guys that are on your radio on a daily basis, and I know radio listening is way down and everybody says... It's Ad spends and, and yeah. you know, I, I listen, I totally understand that. People listen to the radio on a limited basis, I think. But if you listen to the radio in this town, who can you really relate to? Can you relate to Spence Checkets? Well, his family are billionaires, and I think that separates him from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But Spence is probably the most relatable one. I I, I mean, I, I if you look at if you look at Anybody else, and, and without naming specific people, you look at anybody else on the zone. Like, I don't know what Uncharted or whatever it's called in the afternoon. Like, I, I might have been able to listen to that show three times in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't do it. I can't. Like, those guys, t- like, there's a show on the zone. <laughs> there's a show on the zone. I flip on the zone the other day. We're driving to a client meeting. Mm-hmm. We flip on the zone the other day. And they're talking about how the MLB trade deadline is this and that on the wrong day. Oh, it's today at this. No, it's not. Yeah, they said it was Monday and it was actually Tuesday. They said it was Monday at noon. Yeah. And it was Tuesday at four. Like you're not even in the ballpark. You're not even in the ballpark. See what he did there. Right? Like, but you look at, you look at a lot of these other issues and they just don't know, like listening to, with all due respect, listening to Hans Olsen. Try to talk jazz is painful. Now, Hans Olsen talking BYU, fantastic. Hans Olsen talking jazz basketball is brutal. Mm-hmm. You it, like So my point is, you can't rely on, on what's on the radio here. You cannot. And again, everybody says, well, you're just ripping the media because you can't get in. Everybody has asked us. Everybody has asked us. Yep. Everybody, a year ago or whatever, people were asking us. Hey, bring your podcast here. Hey, you guys want to do this? Hey, you guys want to do fill-ins? Hey, you want... no, we don't. We don't. And it's worked out splendidly, frankly. We have more. Do you realize on this show that we are doing about 110,000 viewers in the state of Utah, which 
There's not, there's not a radio show that wouldn't kill to have 110,000 listeners. We're doing 110,000 a month. Because I, and it's not because I think we're special or great. I think there's nowhere else to go. I honestly think that. We, I think we work very hard to put on a good show every day. Yeah. You know, our advertisers are fantastic. Like we have great ad partners, whether that's Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, Steve and the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop. Like the, the, the outpouring of ad support, the number of people wanting to advertise on our show is incredible. And we appreciate that. I honestly think it's not because we're special or unique. I just think that there's not a whole lot here to listen to. Yeah, man. There's not a whole lot here to watch. Yeah. How the the other amazing thing is, do you know how difficult it is to stream anything on your phone in this town? Do you know how hard it is to figure out where like where can I listen to jazz talk on my phone? Well, right here. On right here. Like that that's that's why I think we have the advantage we have. Yeah. Honest to God. And because I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're the best show or that's up again, to you. that's opinion. That's up to you. I'm never going to sit here and tell you we're the best at what we do. All I can tell you is we're very fortunate to have landed when we landed and where we landed. Because if I never come here in 2013, if I don't move to Utah in 2013, we're not having this conversation now. Yeah, 100% so. true. Anyway, um, speaking of our advertisers, we want to remind you that we are sending um, a listener and a plus one. Two people going to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on October 7th and 8th. You get a pair of tickets to the game. You get two nights at the Palms Casino and Resort. And we're giving you a $250 gas card to get you there. And it is all presented by our good friend Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. NMLS number 278-545-801-543-9666. 801-543-9666 is the number to call him. Devery's written three mortgages for me. He has written mortgages for just about everyone that I know. Devery Davis can be trusted with your money. Your money in mortgage right now, you're at a critical time. Rates are low. They have plummeted over the last seven to 10 days. Um, days on market for homes is huge. Prices of houses in Utah are, are plummeting. There is an opportunity right now for you to buy a house, but you need to walk into that house with the ability to be a cash buyer. And Devery Davis will make you a cash buyer because the other thing that's great about Devery Davis is you're not just going to a mortgage mill. You're not going where you're going to be file number 69. You're going to a place at an Academy Mortgage in Devery Davis where he's going to know your name. Hey, Steve. It's Devery Davis. Hey, Devery, how are you? Like, mm -hmm. I I am only friends with Devery because we've done business together. And that's how the guy is. He's your friend for life, man. Yes. You're going you're gonna to do a mortgage with him. You're going to send your friends to him, your family to him, because you trust him, because he takes good care of you. It's one-on-one -on -one personal service, whether you want to call him, text him, email him. Devery's great about getting back to you. His staff is fantastic. You go to Devery, you say, okay, hey, great. Let's apply for a mortgage. Let's get pre-qualified. He works with you one-to-one. -one. His, his underwriter is great. Like everything that Devery does is done perfectly with you in mind. And that's why you trust Devery Davis when you're ready to write a mortgage. Call him today, 801-543-9666. Even if you're not ready to buy a house because you think you can't afford a down payment, that's just not the case. He's got programs to every Academy Mortgage has programs to help you afford your down payment on the house that you want. 
He can get you into the house you've always wanted. Facts. You just got to make one phone call. 801-543-9666. Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. NMLS number 278545. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. And of course, our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. They're amazing. Every location in Utah has an enter to win box on the counter. We personally went to every location this past week. Um, we were up in Logan. They actually have a live butcher at the barbecue Dude, the pit Logan stop in Logan. Store is wild, man. It Absolutely. is. Like the Yoder selection. It is. They have a full butcher. Like, and again, we've been shopping at barbecue pit stop for years. Years. I mean, literally years. We have years. an Ironwood. Back, in the, Ironwood. back in the K-Fan days, um, Barbecue Pit Stop was one of the early supporters of K-Fan. Um, and I think that's a big reason why we're in business with them now. Um, because they're just good dudes. It's like a lifestyle thing. Yeah, and you walk in there. And the funny thing is, like, you walk in there. And they're like, hey, what's going on, man? Like, they're super energetic, young guys. Like, they know what they're talking about. And, and I don't have, like, a thousand and one questions asked them. Usually, I know what I want when I go in there. But I have, in the past, asked them, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm doing fish. And I'm, frankly, not a big fish guy. But Mrs. Monty is a big fish person, loves her some halibut, loves her some salmon, whatever the case may be. I had no idea how to season a fish, but they did, and they helped. And my golly, that thing turned out great, like really good. And I know that owning a smoker or buying a smoker seems intimidating. It's not, though. Like, you're going to go into Barbecue Pit Stop in, in Logan, Lehigh, Layton, Salt Lake City, Murray, um, or St. George, and you're going to say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about buying a – Buying a smoker, but it seems like it's so, it's not. They're going to teach you how to work it. They're going to teach you how to set it up. And if you get into a situation like, man, I don't know if I can make a brisket, you can go back to them. You can call them and say, hey, you know, I bought my smoker from you guys. Or even if you didn't, you can say, hey, you know, I have a Traeger or, you know, I have a Yoder smoker or a big green egg or a camp chef. Like, I'm going to do a brisket. Can you guys give me some tips? Like, how do I season this thing? Or yes. how long do I need to leave it on? What temperature would you guys recommend I cook a brisket at? Boom. They can tell you, all right, hey, XYZ, do it this way. Try this. Wrap it in foil. Put it in a cooler. Put it on this. Like, that's the best part about barbecue yes. pit stop. They're just guys. And you get one of the things you'll notice about all of our partners on this show. They're small local business owners. Guys like Barbecue Pit Stop, Steve and the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop, in every one of those stores, those are all small business owners. Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage is a small business owner. Um, our guys at Max Muscle in South Jordan, Taylor and Caitlin, those are small business owners. They're here, they're local, they're Utahns. Like So when you guys came out on Friday and crushed it, that was amazing. Like That was exactly what yeah. we need for our show to keep growing. You pumped money into the local economy and we appreciate you. That's how this show works. We need you to move your money to our advertisers. We need you to go buy smokers. We need you to go to and, you know, hey, call to every Davis and get qualified for a mortgage. That's the stuff that we do. And as you see, more ad partners will be coming on. That's what we need from you guys. And you do such a good job of supporting us. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons we do things like a, you know, a BYU flyaway or driveaway. Uh, we're going to have a Utah pro, uh, promotion coming up. We're going to have a Denver Bronco game promotion coming up. The reason we do this stuff is because we want to give back to you. Yes. So if you want to go and see BYU in Notre Dame at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, get to these, these barbecue pit stop locations on the screen, Logan, Lehigh, Layton, Salt Lake, and St. George. There's an enter to win box with our ugly faces right on the front of it. Fill out the slip, drop it in the box, and then come and see us Saturday, September 17th, Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. 
Um, we're going to have a watch party. BYU and Oregon are playing at Autzen Stadium in Eugene that day. We're going to have wings, pizza. Um, we're going to have free food for you. And then at halftime, we're going to draw the winner and we're going to give away the trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas. You get a $250 gas card to get you there, two tickets to the game, and two nights at the uh, Palms Casino Resort. And it's all presented by our good friends, Debbie Davis at Academy Mortgage um, and all of our friends at uh, Barbecue Pit Stop in Utah presenting the BYU Shamrock Series drive away. All okay. right. A How on fire more, is the comment section? A couple of more comments. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Steve, uh, let's see. Stephen Fox says, never miss barbecue pit masters. Love that show. You That's learn. the other thing too. I noticed, I didn't actually know this about barbecue pit stop until I was looking into their stuff a couple weeks ago. They do competition stuff too. So if yes. you're one of those guys that like is a competition smoker guy and like, you know, you're, you're, you know, you have a certain type of setup and, and pellets and like the way you go about your process they can help in that realm too, which I think is sick. It's not just that it's a, a store where you can go and get supplies. They'll teach you how to cook something, and they can help you with the competition stuff. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, and I, I'm personally a Traeger guy, but just because I own Traeger doesn't mean that you have to. I mean, they have a selection. They have every price point you want too, by the way. Um, let's see. Uh, Top Hop says, this stream deserves more morning likes. Yeah, give us some give us some thumbs up. Always appreciate that. Uh, Steve Peterson says, I've never listened to sports talk shows in my life, but this show, I make sure I tune in like every morning at 630. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. Seriously, thank you. AJ, uh, AJ Rich Young says, you sold me a house with that ad. Great ad. Oh, thank you, AJ Rich. I appreciate that. Top Junkie, what's up, my man? He said, Top Junkie is a Knicks fan. Oh, okay. Uh, I feel DM has carried himself extremely well. Shaq blasted him after a win on live TV. Utah media throwing DM under the bus. Trade rumors galore, but yet has not demanded a trade. Come home to New York, DM. But I think he has I handled mean, himself Let me ask well. you this. I have a question for, because just because you're a Knicks fan, I'm curious. Do you think if Donovan got traded to the Knicks, do you think he'd be a problem in New York media? Like, because you're a Knicks fan. I don't know if you live in New York, but obviously you're a Knicks fan. You have a lot of experience. You know, do you think that Donovan Mitchell would struggle with the media in New York? What do you, like, because I think that people believe that because Donovan Mitchell doesn't do a lot of media, that he would struggle with, like, a more robust media, if you will, or a more aggressive right, media, right, if right, you will. right. I, I think that's a really you know what I, I it's funny Joey Gallo from the Yankees I'm a huge baseball fan we are huge baseball fans yeah. on the show yep Joey Gallo got traded from the Yankees yesterday yeah and he gave one of the more interesting interviews after the trade and he said that one of the the things that hurt him he he used the word hurt he said when the fans booed me off the field the other night against the Royals. After the game, several of the Royals reached out to Joey Gallo, who frankly has not been good for the Yankees. He went to New York. He strikes out a lot. He is not a high percentage hitter. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that's there to bang. And he hasn't, there hasn't been a lot of bing bing from Joey Gallo, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. The fans were merciless on him. The media in New York was merciless on him. So they trade him to the Dodgers. And he says the Kansas City players called him the other night to console him. Because the Yankee fans so loudly booed him off the field. Mm -hmm. Joey Gallo said that made him feel like a piece of crap. He, he said it made me feel awful. I felt terrible. The fans booing me was awful. That's what New York does to people. He's a bum. And yeah, seriously, that's what you're in for if you're Donovan Mitchell trying to get to New York. It's it's not for everyone. I, I will... 
I will tell you that. Uh, Tanner Plummer, good morning, my friend. He says, funny story. I went to the barbecue pit stop in Lehigh, and while I was entering the BYU-Notre Dame thing, I asked the guys at the desk if he listens to your show, and he said, yes. Okay. I then said, they're awesome, and he was like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Thanks, Tanner. Thank you. I think. Thank you. Uh, I strongly disagree with many of your takes, Richard McDonald says, but like you... I like you as people and enjoy the show. Keep on, uh, keep it on. You suck. Okay. Well, I wouldn't say that. They're we're going to go over the that. In a minute, we'll tell you why. Uh, Lewis Selder says, Utes rule. Eric and Raleigh says, New York isn't for the faint of heart. No, it's no, not. No, it's not. Uh, Stephen Fox says, Knicks fans will torch DM if he shows a lack of effort on defense like he demonstrated against Dallas with Brunson and Dinwiddie. That yeah, but and, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that it'll be interesting to true. see if he gets to New York, how that'll go down. Yeah. Um, a lot of people commenting. Let's see. Giggity says, morning, fellas. What everyone seems to miss with Don is that he clearly is switching sports and wants to be on the net, uh, Mets next year. I mean, he did take batting. Dude, he took batting practice. He said that's what his tweets mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Giggity. He took batting practice, just saying. Uh, Lewis Selder says, I have mad respect for David Locke. Well, David Locke's living his dream. Yeah. David Locke, I think it's, it's he tweeted it's his 13th anniversary as the voice of the uh, Utah Jazz. Yeah, and I think, I mean, look, dude, I think that, look, I think David does a great job. Like, I I, I think that David, you know, I, it's no secret. I don't think this is some hot take that, yeah, hey, he works for the team. Like, he does a great job. Yeah. I, I don't think you go, like, respectfully, I, I don't think you go to David Locke for a, a, an unbiased, like, take on the state of the Jazz. I think you go to David Locke for Jazz talk, and yep. there's nothing wrong with that. T-Money says, you most definitely ain't special. Well, thanks, T-Money. Yeah, special enough that you're watching and commenting, which I appreciate. Yeah, thank you. Tanner says, I can relate to DJ mainly because he calls RSL games. Yeah, David James is the TV voice uh, of RSL. I just, I think if David James was with, who's a young guy? Ben Anderson. I think it youngs up Ben Anderson. Or it youngs up David James. The issue is DJ and PK are older guys mm-hmm. and they are slow. They are very slow. That's my biggest struggle, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't even care. I don't even care to get into who's the best in the town or who does no. the best show. Like, I, I, I don't care about any of that. All I care about is, hey, do you do a show that I can, that that is quick enough or, or has enough pace to keep me? Because I can't do this is, uh, this is the show and, uh, yeah, let me look at these papers over here and, uh, you know, like I can't do that. That's yep. not my flow. Uh, Kanai Johnson says, New York media and fans will either make you or break you. You got to be tough in New York. Yes, yes you do. You do. Uh, Colby, good morning too. He says, that's what happens when you refuse to change your approach at the plate. Well, and the Yankees, you know, I dare, do I say it out loud? What? I'm actually a huge Yankees fan, even more now that Anthony Rizzo is on that club. Right. As a diehard Cubs fan. I mean, my baseball fandom is, you know, the Padres are probably my number two, but I'm a big Yankee fan. Watching the way that game ended last night was infuriating. Infuriating. You have three pretty damn good at bats. Um, Judge draws a walk. Anthony Rizzo absolutely spits on fastballs outside. Yep. Bases loaded, two outs, they're down two. And Glaber Torres comes up and looks like a fool at the plate. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely looks Terrible like a fool. Terrible at bat was an awful at bat that was a and you're right Joey Gallo a lot of times terrible at bats terrible at bats Zayman says uh, New York will suck your 
will to live and then change you a fortune for one room rat infested dive. <laughs> Charge you a fortune. Yeah, well, it's not cheap to live there. Yeah, but Richard, you got the bread. Richard McDonald says if Utes and Cougs played again this year, Utes would lose by 21. I don't know, nah, man. I don't know about all that. I don't know. Maybe that's a good jumping off point um, to talk about how CBS Sports has rated the Utah Utes the fourth team in the country. They have them ranked number four mm -hmm. in the country behind Alabama one, Ohio State two, Georgia number three. Georgia. And the Utah Utes are little Ute boys. Yeah, up on the hill there. Number four in the country, according to CBS Sports. Quite a tip of the cap to Kyle Whittingham in that program. Yes. And I'm interested to see how many Utah fans actually agree with them being ranked number four. Now, obviously, you have issues. You're going to have to find a wide receiver to be your unquestioned number one guy. You're going to have to find linebackers that will step up and replace a pretty darn good core of linebackers that are now in the NFL. But if I had to guess, you're going to be fine with Cam at quarterback. I think you're going to be fine. Your running game, obviously, is very strong. I think this defense is going to be good. I am one of the people in the camp that believe the Utah Utes have depth and strength at at uh, linebacker. And by the way, Kyle Whittingham's your head coach. You're going to be very good defensively. Yeah. He is a guy, obviously, that you take your life in your hands when you question his ability to, to build a defense. But I think one of the other questions that you have to ask here, Jake, is can the Utah Utes play their way into the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely they're more than capable of it. I mean, you you can you can go up and down the schedule, and you can look at like obviously everyone knows the the kickoff is Florida. Everyone knows that you got to win that game. But going through their schedule, I just don't believe they have a ton of tests. If I'm being honest, uh, you know, like I don't think that I don't think that Southern Utah is a test for 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 Utah. San Diego State, that's probably going to be a pretty competitive game. They should roll Arizona State. You should roll Oregon State. You should roll UCLA. SC is the game that, of consequence because by the time you get to SC, you should be, what is it, 6-0, and I believe it is here. So, you know, if you're 6-0 and going into SC, you know, you feel a little more comfortable about that. Now, if you're, I don't know, 4-2, and let's say, well, that's a must-win game for you. So I think that SC game is sort of a benchmark on the calendar. I then I then go forward. You should beat Washington State, Arizona, Stanford. Those That should be three wins right there. So minimum, you got seven wins here, no problem. Then you've got Oregon. That should be an interesting game. You know, you're in Eugene at Autzen. Like you, you. That's a tester, but that's a game I feel like they're more than capable of winning. And then you should handle Colorado. So when we talk about BYU being better than Utah, I don't quite see it. I see a schedule for Utah that, while it has tests, is more than manageable. So yes, I do think they can play their way into the Big Twelve. And by the way. I think they have more to play for this season than they've ever had to play for with where the Pac-12 is at and their mission to get to the Big 12. I think you have to be a one-loss team this year. I think it's going to be very difficult for Utah to take this season a game at a time. Now, my guess also is that by the time we kick off uh, in Florida, I think you're going to see a decision's already been made. I think the Big 12 is not going to sit here and wait for this season to play out and hope. I think the Big 12 realizes that they are teetering um, on extinction, maybe not as much as the Pac-12 is, but certainly the Big 12 is is one big team loss away from being exactly where the Pac-12 is now. Yeah. So I think you're going to see that this situation probably resolves itself within within the month. I would hopefully, man, it would be great to resolve itself within a week. Yeah. But I think when you look at Utah, yeah, I absolutely think they can play their way into the Big 12. 
if they get the chance to do that because I think they're going to go down to Florida and I think they're going to stomp the Gators. I think I think the Utah Utes are a far better team than the Florida Gators are. I think you have stability at quarterback. You have stability on the coaching staff. You have stability on that defensive system. I think you're bringing back a running back that is has proven to be more than capable of being a workhorse. Again, my biggest question is going to be, what are you going to have at wide receiver? Is there going to be one guy that's going to step up and, and really take the reins as your clear number one wide receiver? Because I think when you lose a leader in in the order, in, in the scope of a Britton Covey, somebody's got to step into that gap. Now, obviously, you have two tight ends in Keithy and, and Kincaid um, that likely could be playing in the NFL right now if they wanted to be there, mm-hmm. but they've chosen to come back. And I think when you look at those two guys – it makes the job of the wide receiver a lot easier because you're going to, as a defense, when you're playing the Utah Utes, you're going to have to pay attention in the middle of the field. Yes. And I think they're going to be monsters in the red zone as they have been. And I think that's going to make your job again as a wide receiver. You're going to have more room to the pylon in the red zone. I think you're going to have more room on the outside uh, because you have to really respect the the hash if you are a defense um, taking on the Utah Utes. So it's going to be interesting to see who in that wide receiver room really takes a step forward. But my feeling is this Utah team is going to be much, much better. You don't have a lot of turmoil. You don't have a lot of turnover. You have more consistency and continuity on this offense than you've had. You're not going to have a, a, a quarterback situation. You know, health be damned. You are not going to wonder who the number one quarterback is. It's Cam Rising, mm-hmm. a guy who last year took over against San Diego State and never looked back. And the other thing he didn't do is he really didn't turn the football over, which when you look at the schedule, you have a lot of clubs that will burn you if you're going to turn the football over. And I think Cam Rising is very effective and efficient with the football, and he protects the football well. And I think when you're playing teams like USC, Lincoln Riley's defense are known to get after that ass. When you're playing teams like Florida, who's always got athletes, that's going to be a very important trait. Yes. So it will be interesting to see exactly how Utah comes out of this year. But I think this number four rating um, from CBS, where, where you are putting the Utah Utes in the same conversation as you are with two of the powerhouses of college football, in Alabama and Ohio State in, in a, a newly arrived powerhouse in Georgia and Kirby Smart. Yeah. Putting the Utah Utes in that conversation, I mean, that that is nothing short of spectacular and it is nothing short of a tip of the cap. Yeah, I think it's major respect. And I think that, again, I think the Utes deserve it. Like, I think, you know, what, what football fans nationally or like people who aren't, you know, in the state, what they don't understand is all the adversity you went through. And I think that's part of this, this number four overall ranking in the preseason, you know, Guys who cover or reporters or people who cover college football and have covered the Utes, they understand, hey, hey, man, like this program went through huge adversity, losing teammates, like bad things happening, rumors that Witt was going to retire, like you had all this stuff happening and you still got to the Rose Bowl. You still persevered. You still got the job done. So when I look at the Utes, I say, hey, man, you know, your schedule, while obviously is loaded with the Pac-12 right now. That's fine for you because you need some of these gimmies. You need the Southern Utahs. You need the Arizona States. You, I mean, you need the Arizonas. Like, you need those games because you're going to roll those teams. And I also think, as usual in college football, it's not just whether you win or lose the game. It's how you win the game. It's how you lose. So if you're rolling Stanford by 20, you're going to look pretty good. If you roll Southern Utah by 40, you're going to look pretty good. Like, that's the caliber of football that I would expect 
out of this program. I, I think there's a lot of hesitation. People think that, well, you know, because because guys, you know, staples of last season's team are gone at multiple positions that this team doesn't backfill, that this team can't replace those guys. What are they going to do in the slot without Britton Covey? I, I'm pretty sure they got a guy, you know? Yeah. So that's why I say I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, and I, I think in this league, if you, if you can effectively open up the outside of the field, if you can put talented, fast, good hands guys on the sideline. Yeah. Because you run the football well and because you have tight ends that are capable of, of being game breakers, which the Utes do, um, I think your offense has a chance to really thrive. And I, I, I think they're going to have to execute, and all of this obviously is preseason previews, and yeah. you're going to have to execute. You're going to have to come out of fall camp healthy, which you know we're seeing, obviously, in the NFL, we've seen so many injuries. Tim Patrick, by the way, Utah Ute alum, Torres ACL is out for the year. Um, which is a real bummer because he, I think he, again, um, had a chance to have a really big year. But you got to stay healthy through fall camp and you, and you got to get to, uh, you know, you got to get to the swamp with some, with some, some passion and momentum. power. And yeah, I think momentum's a really good word. Come out of fall camp with momentum and I think you're going to be in good shape and I think they will do that. Well, and I think the best point you made there was putting guys in position to be successful. And I think we lose sight of that in sports. Like, you know, obviously we talk a ton of jazz, but whether you're applying it to Donovan Mitchell and the jazz or the Utes or, or the Cougars or whatever, you know, you, when you put guys in positions where their strengths shine, the rate of success is obviously going to go way up. And I think in college athletics specifically, you got to do that more, right? Like give Cam some some options, like run the ball, open up the passing game, and let's get going down the field. And I think that's the beautiful thing. In, in football, if you have a quarterback, you're always in the game. If you've got a quarterback that has control and is calm and composed and knows what he's doing out there, you're in the game. And, and that's what I think the Utes have now. If you can go through last season and get to the Rose Bowl, I'm pretty sure that you can you can be a one-loss team this year and and do some good things and pave the way to to get to the Big 12, without a doubt. Yeah, and I, I think the interesting thing is that you have the ability, you have the ability to look at the, the, the future of your program and what it could be if you're the Utah Utes. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to me to see where this team ends up. Yeah. Because when you are when you are ranked number four coming into the season by CBS Sports, yep. that's saying something. When CBS Sports is putting you with Alabama, Ohio State, and and Georgia, that's that is a huge Clemson at number five, Notre Dame at number six. I mean, that is a that is a huge, huge deal. I mean respect. I, I think it is one of those things where you could potentially I mean, you could have the best year you've ever had. Yes. I mean, there, there it is not accidental that Utah is in that ranking. What do you ultimately think happens with Utah? I mean, I because I, 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 I really think there's a lot of question about whether or not they stay or if they go. Yeah, I, I think Utah goes. I think if you're Utah, you're you're you understand the landscape. You understand, you know, that that the Pac twelve while you know, their commissioner, George Klavkov, is is painting some rosy picture of where the conference is at. In the reality of the situation, you're not in that position. You are fighting yeah. for ad dollars. You're fighting for TV money, which you don't have and won't have this year, as the schedule on their website says Pac-12 Networks. That's not good enough, bro. Like, you need 
better better support. And so, yeah, I mean, where do they go? Where do they end up? I do think it's the Big 12 because I don't think that the Big 10 is looking for it. Uh, obviously, you're not going to the SEC, and I think the ACC uh, is locked. I think, you know, nobody wants to join the ACC right now because you're committed to 2036, and it takes half a billion dollars to leave that conference by most estimations. So where else would you go? I can tell you right now they're not going to the Mountain West. That's a joke. That's a fantasy land. Right, And we talked about that yesterday on the show. So I do think it's the Big 12. The only question that I think remains, if I'm being honest, is just the timing. As you've been saying, like, do we get an announcement before the season begins? Do we get, you know, do we have to wait until next offseason for this announcement? I sure hope not. I would think not, right? Because these things take time and planning and there's a lot you have to do. Uh, but yeah, I think they wind up in the Big 12, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. All right, let's see what uh, everybody says about the Utes. Spencer Morgan says, Keithy is Utah's number one ride, wide receiver. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Uh, but it, there's going to come a time where you know, you're going to have to get the ball down the field on, on the boundary. I mean, like you have to throw in this league specifically – you have to throw outside the numbers to win. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Brant Keithy is a guy that is dynamic. He has multiple skills. But I also think Kincaid is is just as good a receiver. I, I mean, I love I love that tandem. I love that because playing two, two tight ends really allows you to do so many different things. But what opens up the middle, if we're really being honest? Because I don't want to take anything away from that tight end talent. I, I think Keithy is a hell of a talent, obviously. It goes without saying. But this dynamic that you can create where you have the threat of two tight ends, but then you've got a guy like Devon Devon Vili or or one of these guys that projects to be a, a, a wide receiver one out there, like if he can have a big season and he can break out and he can be your guy that gets down the field, your tight ends are already in a better spot. You're already you, if yeah. you got a guy that can burn the defense, yeah. that intermediate like ten to you know, 15, maybe 17 yard throw that you need when you're third and 20 with two minutes left, that throw is going to be there because of guys like him. So I think, yes, Keithy, but who's going to be that wide receiver option out there that, that the defense has to respect? Yeah, I think Greg Hawkins also makes a really good point. He says, we're not the fourth best team, but our schedule uh, but with our schedule, we could end up in that spot. I, I would agree. I think there are Completely some really agree. nice built-in advantages in that schedule. I mean, obviously, coming out with with Florida, who I want to say is in the mid to low 20s in rankings, I think when you look at Florida, I mean, that's a team that if Florida and a win are on your schedule, if you beat Florida at Florida, that's a nice win for you. There, There is no question about that. The issue is you don't have a rivalry game like BYU. The issue is that you don't have – um, you're not playing nine great conference games. Because Florida's at 30. Florida's at 30. Okay, there you go. So yeah. you you don't have, you're not in the SEC. You're not in the Big 12 where every game's a, a battle, right? I mean, obviously your your Oregon's and your USC's, those are huge games. I mean, when you look at the, the youth schedule, you have an opportunity. Their schedule's not easy by any stretch. I mean, and I see all the BYU schedule sucks. BYU schedule does not suck. It, it, it just, it does not. Tanner says fourth is way too high. I actually don't think it is. I mean, I, I How think can you say it is. I, mean, I think with the talent you lost, that would be easy to say that you don't lose Lloyd and um, you know, the kind of talent that you have on that defense. It's not easy to replace that. Their schedule is not easy. I mean, your schedule is, you know, your schedule, you, 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 you open with South Florida, 
you know, then you're going, you're, you're, you're home for, for Baylor. You're on the road for Oregon, by the way, come out to barbecue pit stop September 17th. Let's get it done. Uh, Wyoming, you're, you're home for Wyoming, the 24th, you know, you've got Utah state coming to town the 29th. You play Notre Dame, October 8th, as you all well know. Uh, and you know, and then your biggest opponent after that, you're looking at Arkansas, which is definitely not a joke. That's a, that is a quality football team. And I think Boise state, those two are the ones that, that you have left. So that's why I say like, is BYU schedule as robust as Utah's? No, absolutely not. Do they have a good schedule? Yes, they do. They absolutely do. And I think they have a schedule where conceivably if Jaron, makes good decisions and doesn't, you know, get hurt or whatever, you could be a one-loss team. Absolutely, I think that's in the realm of possibility. Yeah, I'll just be interested to see what guys like Vele or Ennis or, you know, I mean, obviously Money Parks is a guy that you'd like to continue his spring. Like, I mean, you're going to need a wide receiver to really to really show out. I think you're going to need one of those guys. And I think you're going to need... I don't know. I mean, who's your go-to tight end here? I mean, obviously, Brant Keithy is a guy that most people believe has the most talent. Yeah. Um, but I think I could make a case that Dalton Kincaid is your go-to in the red zone. I mean, um, if memory serves, he had more touchdowns last year than uh, than Keithy did. But, I mean, either one of those guys, you're going to need one of those guys in double digits, which I think is going to be tough because they take from each other. But, Man, I, I really feel like you have an opportunity to be special offensively, and that's not something that we've said regularly about the Utes. Well, and where can the program go without all the adversity? I mean, if you're just focused on football the whole yeah. year, I mean, what are what are they capable of? And that's my thing. Yeah. You know, hey, maybe, maybe, look, maybe I'm completely wrong. I'm open to that. Maybe they're a maybe they're a three loss team, a four loss team, and they have just an average ass, mediocre season with no, you know, major, you know, NY six bowl or whatever. You know, maybe they don't get there. But I just think Based on what what they did last year, and for those of you who are close to it, you know about the deaths in the program and and all the things they had to go through. I just believe without that adversity this year and just focusing on execution and pushing and and like Cam Cam Rising is a perfect example. Not losing your quarterback battle and in, in in camp to some kid who quit in week two, I think it was. Um, not having to go through that process. Your money, you're rolling in, good to go. Yeah, but I also look at I look at BYU's schedule. Yeah, I, mean, I think Utah's got a more difficult schedule. I think it's really close. We talked about this yesterday, but at South Florida, I mean, the Bulls have given have given BYU and others trouble. But would you agree that's a game that BYU should win on paper? I mean, to me, I think that's should a game win. You should win. Should win. I, yeah. I don't think there's there's any doubt about that. No. I mean, you're going to be. They're more talented offensively than they've been in a while too. I mean, yeah. I think obviously. You know, you got to stay healthy. There's no doubt about that. Um, Baylor at home on September 10th. That's a very difficult game. At Oregon on September 17th, we'll do a watch party at uh, Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. That's the day we announce the winner of the trip to Vegas. So you're opening up with USF. You're opening up with Baylor and Oregon. Yeah. I mean, those are your first three games. Wyoming, Utah State. I don't have a real good grasp on on how good I mean Utah State's bringing back a lot of offensive talent, but I also think BYU's secondary is going to be very good. Um, then you play Notre Dame and Arkansas back to back. I mean, good you're, luck. You're, uh, how, are you serious? Like that that right there. Your that is five games in the first seven that are absolute ball breakers, and then you're at Liberty, East Carolina, at what's the state. And then your buy is November twelfth. Yeah, that's not ideal. 
And I think when you're talking about strength of schedule and, hey, is schedule easy, is schedule difficult, I think having your bye on November 12th has to factor into that. Mm -hmm. You come back with uh, Utah Tech. Utah Tech. And then, by the way, you finish at Stanford. I mean, that's a, that is a pretty girthy schedule. Like, I mean, for, yes. for, for a supposed independent, I mean, that is, a, that is a, a pretty girthy schedule. And if you look at Utah and you look at what Utah is, is going to bring to the yard and you look at this conference and you look at what is, is on their schedule at Florida, obviously that's a very, very important, significant game for Utah. But then you come back at Southern Utah. Okay, throw Utah Tech off the schedule. San Diego State. Okay, Baylor's better than San Diego State, right? And then at Arizona State. Arizona State should be a cakewalk. That should be a twos and threes game. Arizona State is not better than Oregon. No, they are not. No, they are not. And you're going to find that out November 19th. Um, Oregon State at home. Oregon State's going to be good. Oregon State's going to be good. Um, at UCLA, home for USC. That's very difficult. Bye week, October 22nd. That's a very good spot for a bye week. At Washington State. coming off Washington State also coming off of a bye. Arizona, Stanford, at Oregon, at Colorado. And I think I can make an argument that those are two pretty similar schedules. I mean, who are the difficult games on Utah's schedule here? Florida, obviously. Um, San Diego State, that should be a walk. That should, you it should never win is, that, though. You should win that game, but... You don't have noodle arm quitter quarterback this year to deal with. Yeah. You're gonna you should win that game. I'm That's not gonna true. I'm not gonna mark that down as a difficult game. I'm not. Um, but so Florida, Oregon State. Is Oregon State a difficult game? Nah. Nah. You're at home for you're that. You're at home That's for that. That's at UCLA, that's gonna be a tough game. So there's two. USC, that's a tough game. At Washington State, that's a tough game. Arizona, no. Stanford at, no. at Rice Eccles. No, that's a win. I'm going to say that's a difficult game. At Oregon, difficult game, that's six. At Colorado, Colorado's not going to be good, but that's a rivalry game, and Colorado's derailed you more than once in your life. So, I mean, yeah. I think they have equally as difficult schedules. So we can stop saying that, you know, one is this and one is that. Uh, Ryan Buckley says preseason rankings mean nothing. Agreed. They don't. Agreed. But it's awfully nice when you're trying to get into the Big 12 and you're ranked fourth in the country by a, a, a an organization that's as respected as as CBS Sports. And I do think that it is so to say they mean nothing, okay, maybe they don't mean nothing. I agree they're almost meaningless. I do agree with that. But I do think it's a respect play, a tip of the cap, uh you know, a feather in your cap to 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 rank the Utes number 4 in the nation. Now they got to come out and prove that. Totally with you. But I think if number being ranked number 4 is better than being ranked 69th, right? So I think it, I think it's 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 a positive. I'm sorry. Did you say 69? Uh, yeah, I did. Is there is there uh, is there a problem there? No problem. No problem uh, at all. Ruff's you know. official says BYU won't make the top 25 because of their schedule. We'll find out. BYU has got to stay healthy. Jaron Hall has a potential to be one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He's got to make good choices, man. And if Gunnar Romney stays healthy, and if they run the ball effectively, and your mom and your cousin, well, Zach Wilson's mom's best friend, um, you know, if they, this secondary for BYU, I think has the potential to be much, much improved. Yeah. Much, much improved. They need to be. Much, 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 much improved. Yeah. And they've got it. Listen, Jaron Hall was not healthy, but neither was, you know, neither was that offensive line. Harris Lachance is a huge part of that offensive line. He's got to stay healthy. 
you've got to replace an enormous amount of production at, at the at the running back spot. Um, I think you also have to replace a lot of production at the linebacker. I mean, how, are your linebackers going to stay healthy? I mean, like all of these things. And by the way, BYU, you, you've got to kick the football better as well. I mean, continue to excel in special teams. Kick the football better. Like it's all these little things that add up and you've got to stay healthy. So yes. I think if BYU is healthy, I think BYU has a chance to be a two-loss team. I think there's no – there's the one game that really worries you on the schedule is is Notre Dame because historically Notre Dame has just been so much bigger than you are. Yeah. But BYU is recruited better. They're much bigger than they have been. The Autzen game – that's that is it's an important game. It's a tough there's place no to go. Way about, there's no way around it. That's an important game, and I think Arkansas is crucial. Yeah, you know? I think you have. Well, it's at home, and I think that's homecoming that week. Like, I mean, you have to, have to, have to, have to win that Arkansas game. Yeah, have to, not optional. Uh, Weston Cotham Cotham says, "Is BYU or Utah schedule tougher?" I think it's very close. Greg Hawkins says, "LOL, BYU fans one game in ten years, and they think it's 1984." Listen, head to head. Yes, yes, yes. This is not a conversation. Utah's had the best of it. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That's why you need this on the schedule every year. How is BYU Go ever going to gonna, the Big Twelve? How is BYU ever going to get even? I don't know if they will. Uh, do you guys think that Utah feels like they're above the Big 12? Their fan base certainly thinks so. I would not think they think that. I don't look at teams as above anything. I think that I think that it's all about, you know, uh, the situation. So, like, no, I don't think Utah's above the Big 12, mainly because the Big 12 is their only lifeline right now. Where, where are you going to go? You're not staying in the Pac-12, right? I mean, yep. I guess you could, but but I, I just don't think that that's a, a great play, especially, and again, let me let me use some nomenclature. In the climate of college football, nomenclature yeah in the climate of college football utah needs to get to the big 12 it's time the momentum's there like pull the trigger do it get it done talking football on monty in the morning courtesy of our friends at barbecue pit stop make sure you go check them out logan lehigh layton murray and st george anything you need for smoking whether it's rubs sauces equipment accoutrements the smoker itself, the pellets, you name it. They've got it at Barbecue Pit Stop. Check out any of their five Utah locations. Man, if you have a chance to go to Logan, that butcher's amazing. The, the funny thing is, like, Logan, Layton, um, they all have these great butcher counters now. It's yes. really it's Barbecue super cool. Pit Stop is picking up their game. I'm it, telling I'm tell you. It's literally a one-stop shop for everything that you would need in the smoking world. Yep. Uh, Dave Johnson says, wouldn't you say Donovan Mitchell would move on in three years without the current roster? This is not a championship team. My feeling is he would leave. Obviously, things can change, but we need some more. We want more. Well, I also don't think they're taking this roster to, to camp. I, I'm yeah. pretty certain of that. Casey Finlinson says, Jake, Utah is going to be good, but are they good because of the talent or because of the schedule? I feel like a game between BYU and Utah this year would be a toss-up with all the talent. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I mean, dude, I think it, I think it would be super yeah. tight. But I, I just look. I look at Utah's schedule, and I just say, okay, you've I, I the way the schedule flows because I think this really matters. Like when your bye week is, and like when you get the tough opponents versus the cakewalks. Like Utah's schedule is set up kind of nice, in my opinion. I think that you know, opening with Florida, you have an opportunity there. Yeah, are they a good team? Yes. But does that does good team equal opportunity? Yes, it does. So if you beat Florida, you're in a great place. You're feeling awesome about yourself. So you beat Florida, let's say. 
Then you get three, three, three games that are all wins, in my opinion. Southern Utah, win. San Diego State, win. Arizona State, win. Now, the only game of question there is San Diego State. I think they, they deserve respect. They always make it tough on you, you know, but I do think you're going to beat San Diego State. I don't see a game that's tough for Utah until SC. That's my opinion. I think you're going to handle Arizona State. I think you're going to handle Oregon State. Those should be wins, man. Absolutely wins. SC is the game where I say, okay, SC has a lot to play for. You've got Lincoln Riley doing his thing. They've got a lot of proving to do. They're trying to build back that program. I could see you losing that game at home, and that's when your first adversity hits of the season. You're like, damn, we lost to SC at home. They got us again. Right? That's so that's why that's what I think of that game. But then after SC, and again, maybe I'm way off. I don't see another challenging game until Oregon. I don't I don't give Stanford credit. I don't give Arizona credit. Washington State tends to be tends to be kind of a pest, but you should hang with them. You should be able to 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 handle them. So that's what I think. I think you've got Oregon, SC, and San Diego State and Florida. Those are your four games that are tough. But I think they're all winnable, man. All of them. Yeah, and I, I also think, again, you're not going to have the offensive line issues that you have. You're not going to, you know, you, you have a lot of reason to be optimistic about the offense coming out of spring. Yeah. I mean, again, Devon Bailey is a guy that I think put on a show in spring. Him and Cam Rising clearly have chemistry. I, what I is mean, Cam Rising like with expectations? Because I got news for well, you. It's not good enough just to come in anymore. Now yeah. you got to carry the team. Now you got to lead this team. Yeah. We'll see. Ryan Buckley says, uh, Brant is playing wide receiver, FYI. Well, <clears throat> and there's been a lot of talk about Brant Keithy, where, how he will line up. I think you're going to see him line up in multiple spots across the formation. I mean, he, he'll line up tight in some situations. Um, I think he and Kincaid will line up outside in certain situations. I think, I think the nice thing is you have flexibility and you have the ability to move these guys around. But I also think you can't just have those two guys. You can't just have no, Keithy I would agree and Kincaid with that. and think that that – is going to be good enough. Like, yeah, those guys are great tight end slash wide receivers, right? They can do a lot for you. But I'm just going to keep saying, you need at least one guy, either from the slot or or truly outside wide receiver one, who can burn the defense. Because once you have that threat, just the mere threat that they can run past you, the 10 to 15 yard intermediate opens up, and then you're, you're, you're cooking with gas, bro. Uh, Greg Hawkins says play, BYU plays six G5s in an FCS team, so that's why people are saying their schedules isn't quite there. The Notre Dame, Arkansas, and Oregon games are solid, though. Well, I mean, what is San Diego State? What is Southern Utah? I mean, everybody has. But like, I think. I mean, and I wouldn't even yeah. say cupcakes, but everybody's yeah. got outs on their schedule. I think what people are saying is that San Diego State is is better than Boise State. Let's say, like, if you take those two, I feel like that's a fair comparison. I would take San yeah, Diego but you, State. You can say the same thing about Baylor. Yeah, I mean, Baylor. I mean, Baylor is going to be better than Southern Utah. I mean, they you know? and they both play Oregon. I mean, listen, I I think it's it just is what it is. Ah, uh, we got bots, bro. We got bots the bot again. portion of the show is here. The bot portion Damn. of the show is is in the hizzy. Wait, we have bots. Does that mean Donovan's getting traded? I think that's exactly what that means. That Donovan is getting traded because the sex porn bot guys are here. <laughs> I have reported okay. them and you reported them. them. Excellent. Okay. All right, let's bang through some of these comments because we got to get rolling as well. Cody Strickland says, "Are we going to uh, to war with China or what?" That, Okay, we ain't here for that. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, Nancy Pelosi ain't starting wars. Uh, Ramiro says, I was just happy to see BYU play uh, with Cajones, Cajones. Cajones in the Utah game. Their lack of uh, 
their lack of man parts in that game was uh, getting hard to watch. I agree with that. <laughs> you know, it is, you know. Um, let's see. Uh, Scammer Trolling says, Andy Larson is the best beat writer in the market. Maybe. It's not really our choice. It's a matter of opinion. Yeah, which is great. And if you read Andy, congratulations. You know, uh, Cody Strickland says, I just got bot sandwiched with my comments, LOL. And then I removed them. Yeah. So it's we fine. took care of them. All right. Let's run through a couple other conversations here. Cause I do want to talk about, uh, Vince Scully, um, the LA Dodger legend. It is one of my pet peeves in life. It's flying around my head right now. You know, How? I don't know. Cause it's humid out and we left the door open. My bad. Um, <laughs> damn it. Dodger legend Vin Scully passed away yesterday at the age of 94 and just was the voice of a generation. And I don't know um, how much people value play-by-play announcers. I think um, obviously in, in NBA circles, you know, Hot Rod was one of the best in the business. Um, you know, I have really been fortunate to be around some really awesome play-by-play guys. I produced Chick Hearn for, you know, five years with the Lakers um, I grew up listening to Harry Carey and Steve Stone and yep. listening to Vin when I moved to Los Angeles and getting to talk to Vinny several times, watching one of the great moments of my career was watching Vin Scully and Chick Hearn have a conversation about nothing to do with sports. And you just see those two guys and the deference they had for each other and the handshake and Vinny standing there with Chick Hearn with his arm around Chicky and um, watching those two talk about life and it's just remarkable. Like it, the, the legends of that generation, you know, I, I also go back to Mike Shannon with the St. Louis Cardinals who yes. retired last year. You, you know, you look at, you look at Mike Shannon who worked for that team for 50 years. You look at Vin Scully from 19, you know, from the thirties. Yeah, man. 67 years. Brooklyn like, Dodgers, bro. It's amazing. The things that Vin Scully saw and experienced from world wars to Jackie Robinson, to Don Larson, to Kirk Gibson. Vin Scully saw it all. So in the comments, I'd love to hear from you this morning on your favorite play-by-play announcers. And for me right now, I mean, obviously, I don't know that I have a favorite play-by-play announcer right now. Like, if you look at the national guys and you look at the NFL, Joe Buck's okay. You know, I mean, obviously, I think Jim Nance, Tony Romo, that combo is really good but I don't know that we have the same generation of guys like Al Michaels um, I love listening to Al Michaels call a big football game but I think probably on golf there's no doubt it's Jim Nance right yeah Um, you know you you look at the way that Major League Baseball is called these days there's not a lot of great Major League Baseball play-by-play guys John Miller in San Francisco obviously is a gem. I mean, the Giants on the whole, Crook and Kipe, and yeah. I mean, they have a generation of guys in that booth that are that are all fantastic. But I look at the Cubs. I mean, their TV situation has changed. Len Casper is my favorite play-by-play guy, but I can't hear him now because he he works for the White Sox, right? So John Shambi has replaced Len Casper. That doesn't feel Meh. right to me, right? So I I really struggle with that. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that Michael Kay on Yes Network with the Yankees is somebody that I really enjoy listening to um, because he's a guy that's iconic. He's got that voice. He's got that relationship with the team. And he's been there for such a long time. 
Um, you know, like it just, it's really difficult for me anyway to, to have that long-term relationship with a play-by-play -play guy, Jake, because I just don't think there's any guys that have that kind of longevity. Yeah, and I think that that's what Vin provided. You knew for decades that when you turned Dodger baseball on on the radio, you knew the voice you were going to get. And not only did you know the voice you were going to get, you were excited. You were like, yes, Vin's on the radio. I distinctly remember there was, uh, well, maybe three years ago, four years ago when we went yeah. to L.A., you know, you and I were driving around at sunset uh, uh, around Huntington Beach, and we were going to In-N-Out, and we were going, you know, to get some dinner or whatever. Windows down, Vin Scully on the radio. Like, it's the stuff of dreams, bro. And, and I think that, you know, this generation, specifically my generation, isn't producing guys like that anymore. It's just a different world, a different game. And while it is unfortunate, I also think that if we had a million guys like Vin, Vin Scully wouldn't exist. And that's, that's what I think you have to realize is that guys like Vin Scully – are special, man. They're and, gems. Yeah, they're absolute. Gem is the right word. I couldn't think of a better word. He called Dodger baseball for 67 years, Mrs. Monty. 67 years. So, Jake, you brought up a point that I just want to tag on to. It's different now. People don't listen to the radio and hear play-by-play. -play. And I think that is the change. I grew up with Vin Scully. I grew up in Southern California, I loved listening to him. My mom actually loved listening to baseball. Um, she's taught me how to fill out, you know, a scoring card when you go to a game. It's a pastime. I, yeah, it's a great, great pastime. But people don't listen to the radio anymore. So now you get the play-by-play -play kind of announcers on the TV, but it is different. There is not that longevity. We won't see another Vin Scully. We no. won't see another Harry Carey. We're just not going to see it because it is different now. But boy, when when you told me last night that he had passed and he hasn't been on the air for, for a while, I, I knew the day was coming. He was advanced in age, but man, what a loss. And an end of an era, really. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, and it's tough because I think the the days of great local broadcasters are gone, and, well, unless you're scammer trolling, right? Who says favorite play by play announcer for me is Tim Montemayor doing high school football on thirteen twenty. Let's go! Let's his, go! His, his his name is scammer trolling. Yes, you know. Eric and Raleigh says uh, John Miller, Dave Fleming, Kevin Harlan, and Jim Nance. Well, Dave Fleming's absolutely Stud. fantastic. Stud. I think Dave does a but I think Michael great K. job. I think Michael K. has got a chance. I, not to be Vince Scully, oh, but I think, I think he's Michael that guy K. already. Yeah, I think like, he is one of the best in the business. Yeah. You know, it's why, oh, oh the, the NBA guy, Mike, Mike Breen. Breen. Yeah. I think Mike Breen does a great job. How he's, many moments of LeBron's career, of Kevin Durant, of Kobe's career, man, has Mike yeah. Breen, you know, had that call, the, the bang call where Ray Allen hits the three in the corner, like, Steph against Oklahoma City, like all, like he has all those moments. Yeah, uh, Tanner Plummer says I think David James does a good job calling RSL games. So like, is he paying you? That's the third. Yes. I think the third time you've mentioned him today. <laughs> I don't get. You know what? I I don't get to. I listen to Bill Riley on the radio, um, and I think Bill does a great job on football. I Bill's a little too football-y on soccer. Yeah, he, you know, like it's so it's very it's difficult for me to. But I think Bill Riley does a great job. I think Bill Riley's probably the best play-by-play -play guy in the market. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously Greg Rubel. I mean, it's just your Ute fans hate Greg Rubel. I think Greg is amazing on BYU when, Radio. On BYU Radio. 
Um, you know, like it's the it's the truth. Though. Um, but if you if you if you think about the guys in this market, it's only Bill Riley and Greg Rebell. Yeah, and I think the relationship to those two guys is they've both been doing it for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless of what you think, you know, of, of either one of their teams. I mean, you have to have respect for what Bill and, and Greg have done as play-by-play guys in this market because there is no BYU football without Greg Rebell. Yeah, well, and that's what I think is, that's what marries us to those guys. You know, that's what marries you to Vince Scully or Michael Kay or John Miller or any of these guys. You know, like, there is no that sport without that voice. They go together. Yeah, and I mean, I, I the things that I think about are Greg Rubel listening to Greg Rubel call Taysom Hill jumping over a Texas Longhorn. Yes, and yelling Taysom. You know, like that to me, like that is those are iconic moments, and you, I don't think you get over that. I mean, obviously, Hot Rod was he's the icon in this market. I, I just I think so much the world of guys like Hot Rod and Chick and Vin because those guys just don't grow on trees anymore. You know, and that that era of guy, um, I think is sadly is it's over. Drew Hirsch says Vin Scully's a legend. Love his style, the best of the best. Great storyteller too. Great storyteller yeah. too. Uh Scammer Trolling says David Locke does too much stats and not enough bringing the game to you. David Locke has to learn to give the score. The the time and the it's the old adage of time and temperature. Like you have to tell me what the score is and where in the game we are. It's so frustrating to listen to the jazz on the radio, and I have no idea what the score is. I have no idea where we are in the game. And if David would just give us the score more often, I think it – because David's very passionate. David has a relationship, 13 seasons. Like David Locke is is the voice of a generation of jazz basketball. Uh, but but get, give me the score. There is still the art of being a play-by-play broadcaster and I I think part of it is that Vin Scully like there was Vinny was telling a story about you know being a you know just a young redhead walking down the street in Brooklyn and seeing a, a ticket to a World Series game which is what got him into baseball but it was while Justin Turner was at the plate and he was like oh just this redhead walking down the street ball outside 0-1 like and he just keeps telling the story and then Turner, I think, eventually flies out or something. He's like, there's a fly ball to right. Uh, easily caught one out. And he just goes right back to the story. Like, yeah. And like Chick Hearn, uh, for those of you who never heard Chick Hearn do basketball, which I would find hard to believe, like Chick Hearn used to say the jello's jiggling, you know, like the in the refrigerator, like the game was over. Yeah. But he would give you the score and he would tell you, hey, Chick had a rule, the first to 100, right? Like... And we would joke, one of the things that I was really lucky to do was to sit next to Chick Hearn, and we would joke about the Lakers. Like him and I, I remember when the Lakers were headed to Sacramento for a game seven against the Kings, and I was like, man, I wonder if the season's over. I'll never forget saying Chick Hearn saying to me, don't worry about it, kid. They're coming back home. And sure enough, they came back home, right? Like, I mean, those moments are amazing sitting in the in the the AT&T park at the time sitting in the AT&T park um media lounge listening to John Miller sitting at, at, at Mike Shannon's steak and seafood the old restaurant that's now closed in St. Louis with you know Bob Costas Mike Shannon um you know just Earl Weaver is another guy that comes to mind like that generation of guy uh Bob Euchre Bob yeah. Uecker, oh man, Bob Uecker and Mike Shannon sitting at a table. So in St. Louis, my job on TV was that I hosted the post game show 
on cable on Friday nights. And it was called Friday night, Friday's Friday night at Mike Shannon's. And there would be a big round table and Mike Shannon, it, it, it literally is like Ruth's Chris. It is the ocean club. Like it is a high end steakhouse. And so Mike would come over after the game and we would sit there and we would talk to all these different guys about baseball. And it was, you know, Tony La Russa at the time was still capable of staying awake in the dugout. <laughs> and he fell asleep in the dugout the other Unbelievable. Day. But Tony La Russa and I had several great conversations in the back room at Mike Shannon's where Tony would be sipping wine, eating dinner, and we would just be sitting there talking baseball. Me and Tony La Russa <laughs> sitting at a table. And one time Mike Shannon walked over and sat down with us. And it's like two in the morning. And we're sitting at Mike Shannon's Steak and Seafood talking baseball and talking life. And the best thing I ever did there is I had never said two words. Because you just sit and you listen to guys like Bob Costas, Mike Shannon, Bob Euchre, Joe Morgan, like all these guys Morgan, that man. would come through yeah. and just have stories to tell. You know, you 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 hear Red Shandy sitting at a table talking about all this stuff. And so sitting next to Chick Hearn and the the amount of people like the Wahlbergs walking up to meet Chick Hearn, like it's amazing. W listening to, at a shoot around, listening to Chick Hearn and Kobe Bryant sitting courtside talking basketball. That's amazing to me. You know, and, and I remember, you know, honestly, the, the first time I ever met Vin Scully was in the, again, in the media lounge at Dodger Stadium, which is all the way up at the top. And it's in the back of the press box. And Vin Scully just walks in and sits down at the table next to me. And he was talking to the Spanish language broadcaster for the Dodgers, who's also been there like 100 years. And they were very close. And, and they're just sitting there chopping it up over, over the lineup card. And it's like, damn, dude, that's Vin Scully talking about the Dodger lineup card. Yeah. And Eric Karros, like, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, you don't get those moments anymore because those moments don't exist. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just, it's crazy to me to think about the generation of broadcaster that we've lost. Yeah. Like it just. The game is definitely not what it was. And like Mrs. Monty was saying, like your parents used to listen to Vin Scully. Yeah. You know, like I remember, you know, one of the greatest memories I have of me and Mrs. Monty was in 1998 with the Cubs and the Cardinals. And I was doing radio at a place called the Cable Radio Network. Okay. Which was in, oh, I can't remember the name, uh, La Cunata, Flint Ridge. Mm -hmm. And so Mrs. Monty had a white Jeep Wrangler. And so we got in the Jeep and we drove up to the mountains and we did this Cable Radio Network show. Then we got off the air and we were driving home. And the Mark McGuire call is on the radio. And I'll never forget that. Yeah. And it's just that moment in history. You'll, I'll never forget that. I'll yeah. never forget that. You know, the, the call of the, the call of Barry Bonds home run record breaking home run. I will never forget that. The call of Sammy Sosa breaking his bat and getting pop for cork bats. Okay. Not Why? Now you've gone too far. Oh, I haven't. That's now one of my, that's one far. of my memories. Uh, Giggity says being a lifelong Dodger fan, losing Vin hurts. It does. Mm. It does. Uh, Giggity says, Dan Monty, I'm jealous you got to meet Vin. Yeah. And he, he wouldn't know me if I walked up to him yesterday or the day before, but he treated you. One of the things of, of that generation is those guys treated you like a king, no matter who you were or how long they knew you. Yes. And like Mike Shannon, I got a job in St. Louis in 2005 that I did not deserve. 
Um, nobody wanted me there, right? Like we were coming in, I was coming in from Sacramento, but there were like 30 broadcasters coming in to take over a St. Louis radio station that the Cardinals bought and moved from the, the great KMOX and put the games on this radio station. Nobody wanted us there. But Mike Shannon at spring training, uh, Mike Shannon and I were sitting down the first baseline um, at the St. Louis Cardinals baseball stadium in uh, Florida for spring training. And he was just walking me through essentially, hey, this is happening here. And hey, watch this. Hey, and if you want to learn about something, go, you know, like he embraced me and he like gave me all this great advice. Hell, one of the best memories I have of Vin Scully is uh, the old Vero Beach Dodgers. Vero Beach obviously is no longer there in um, Arizona now. But at the old baseball stadium in Vero Beach, Vin Scully was literally where this Michael Jordan poster is calling play-by-play. The dugouts didn't have covers on them. They were just holes in the ground with cement steps. Like, Jeez. So one of the coolest things I ever did was sit at the, the, the top row there right below Vin Scully and listen to him call Dodger baseball in spring training. By myself, nobody else like that in the media, nobody. Just this like me and this kid was sitting next to me. I'll never forget it. And just listening to Vinny tell stories, like that was one of the most enjoyable yeah. parts of that spring training. Um, getting a ticket going into Yankee Stadium was not fun. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. That was awesome. Spring uh, uh, spring training's amazing. Anyway, less of me, more of you, right? Uh, let's see. Arlington Bear says, listening to Kerry Wood's 20 strikeout game. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Eric and Raleigh said, Vince Scully treated everyone like a great friend he hadn't seen in a while. Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, Top Junkie says, Pat Summerall and John Madden. Oh, Pat Summerall and John Madden. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Mitch Young says, I'm going to sound like a BYU homer, but I always enjoyed Rubel. The coverage he does pre and post game are really enjoyable. And Riley Nelson has come into his own. Yeah. Riley Nelson has become a really good listen, a really good listen. Um, so yeah, I think again, yeah. everything BYU, do, everything BYU does TV, radio, broadcasting, um, the BYU new skin Cougar network on BYU radio. Yeah. All of the, everything that they do is is very top good. notch, very very good. No matter you know if you're a BYU fan or not. Uh, Scammer trolling says, "I tried to call your guy Debrie for a mortgage refinance. Instead, I got I called Devry University, and now I'm enrolled in a bunch of useless classes." <laughs> well, you know, I mean, hey, we got. I think we I got mean, dude's number in, in one of our graphics here. Come on, man, yeah, take the number down, bro. Eight zero one five four three nine six six six. Come on. He didn't try to call Debra. I know. He's a troll. Yeah. I know. Um, 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278-545 for Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. But who are your favorite broadcasters? Like, where, where do you guys, like, where do you guys come down on this? Um, he says, I feel like you guys didn't do enough to discuss the guy earlier who wanted to ask you uh, about war with China, because this isn't the war with China show. Yeah, they don't need to. You know. Uh, Jeremy Severay says, one of my best BYU memories was shooting a basketball on the barn and hearing Greg Rubel losing his mind over Beck to Harleen. One of my best BYU football memories is Beck in Harleen talking about Beck to Harleen. Yeah, dude, Mancamp. I mean, I think that, that moments like that, Beck to Harleen or Taysom jumping over guys or whatever, you know, I mean, you know, I, 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 that's what we all live for as sports fans. Uh, Cody Strickland says, I just hope I don't have to listen to Holly for the Jazz this year. Yeah. Well... 
Yeah, Neville 93 says, I like you guys more than, than Stephen A and Skip. Well, thanks. We appreciate that. Um, speaking of which, Jake, let's yeah. talk about um, $78,000 a year to be a candy taster. So in Canada, there's a company called Funhouse or Candy Funhouse. And they're hiring, and note these names of these positions. They're hiring, quote, chief candy officer, CCO, chief candy officer, right, to, to earn an annual salary of $100,000 in U.S., which is $78,000 Canadian, right? And what you have to do is, in this role, you have to try about 3,500 pieces of candy per month or Jeez. about at, at least 100 a day on average. Obviously, I'm more. I'm sorry. I thought you said 3,500 pieces of candy a month. 100 pieces of candy a, a, candy a day. 3,500 a month. Bro, so then not only do you have to do that, then I pull up a, a new study that was released. Get this, right? Oh, I know God. you guys Here are going to be shocked, right? Here we go. So this study showed that, that, that participants who got 20% or more of their daily calories from, quote, ultra-processed foods saw a faster decline in cognitive performance over a 6- to 10-year period. So basically, your brain is suffering when you eat candy and chips and all this garbage every single day. So my question is, if you got offered 80 Gs a year to taste candy every day, would you do that? Hell no. I would not do it. I, I can't imagine... A hundred pieces of candy a day. Like I don't eat much sugar. Um, and it's funny. We, we, Mrs. Monty and I both wore these glucose monitors for two weeks uh -huh. because we're not diabetic or anything like that. We wanted to know what the food was doing that we were eating was doing to our blood sugar. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what candy would do to a glucose meter. Fat. I mean, so, uh, but this is how I think it works with those types of positions. It's the same way as like a, a wine taster. You do a lot of chewing and spitting out. I imagine the candy taster yeah. is going to be doing a lot of chewing and spitting out, Ugh. like not actually truly eating it. That's so, gnarly. I mean, it's still a that's lot of sugar. That's gnarly, bro. That is. But I really do believe that's how it Never. happens because like sommeliers, they're not getting, you know. I'm sorry, sommelier? That's somebody who tries wine. Wine tasters or wine Sazu experts aren't, you know, or Sazu even real. alcohol experts Some are not. Somehow okay. Somalians? Just give yourself up. This Anyways, is in Somalia now. They don't chug wine all day. They swish. They I thought you spit. said. I thought you said Canada. I did. Now it's in Somalia. Do you see what I have to work with here? Um, so you said Somalier. Doesn't you know. that mean you're like from Somalia? Anyways, I believe this position <laughs> is a lot of chewing and spitting out. So you have like a spittoon of like chewed a, up candy. A spittoon. <laughs> That's disgusting. Totally. Like, do you know the amount of vomit that you would be? It would look like vomit. No, man. Oh. Honestly. <laughs> No, man. I can't even. Bro, That's do you get a stipend for the so garbage much. bags you'd use? Jeez. Good Lord. Uh, oh. Talking with Raphael Podcast says, yeah, that would give me diabetes. I would agree. I can't do it, bro. No <laughs> way, bro. No. no. Um, 3,500 pieces of candy per month. Wilford Brimley in Diabetes has entered the chat. Seriously. Yeah. They better Seriously. have a good dental plan. Giggity oh. says, good no way. Plan. No way you actually consume the candy. They have to taste and spit it out, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have Mrs. to. Mrs. Monty, let's talk about spitting it out. Um, 
So you better check yourself. Okay, we should probably move on. Um, okay, if you if you had, if you had to eat thirty five hundred pieces of candy, could you do it in with one piece of candy? I would imagine the easiest thirty five hundred a month would be M and M's. By the way, how right? often are you are you refreshing your palate? Oh, you it's. Like I said, you're, what do you you're, mean? you chew. Well, because if taste you eat, it, do whatever writing down you have to do, then you spit that out, swish around, spit that you out. Have, your tongue to has to be one. fresh to taste it. it, it you uh, can't the just. The bucket yeah. you would have of chewed up candy and water <coughs> from rinsing <coughs> is disgusting. <coughs> it's barf. That oh, That's why they'd have to pay you that much just Dude. to do it. What the f are we talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> Be honest. All right, let me get on Amazon and look for a uh, candy spittoon. No. Um, I think it's just like a five-gallon Home Depot bucket. And by the way, here's the and other thing. And then you rinse that out every day. Here's the other it's question. Yeah. yeah. How are they holding you accountable to 3,500 pieces a month? I'm guessing you probably have to write. You have to probably do some sort of input. Every Excel time spreadsheet. The, the texture of this Snickers bar lacked in continuity and quality. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. The aroma mm -hmm. that filled my palate was not satisfactory to the Somalians. Because it's garbage. <laughs> like it's, stuck it's, on the... Ugh. Is that the... Dude, the, the candy spit bucket is gnar, bro. I mean, maybe that you can stand over gnarly, your sink. dude. I don't know. Dude. No, but, no. But then again, Bro. in Canada, they don't have garbage disposals, so That's you probably couldn't do it that way well, either. Well, you know, the worst part of this conversation is it brings me back to my childhood. My brother would get like these terrible hacking flus, and so he would have a uh, similar to a dip cup, oh. and he would like spit phlegm into this cup, oh. and it would be <laughs> it would be full oh. of like all this phlegm he was spitting out, oh. and it would be an amazing kaleidoscope of death and bacteria yeah i've been immunized yeah I, I, it was oh. it was terrible dude no the best bro. was he spilled that on the dresser one day. oh no <laughs> Use no what is wrong with but you? he would leave bro. them on the counter like he would leave them on no. his dresser that's disgusting. And why weren't your parents telling him to use that freaking tissue? Cough that into a tissue. Oh. Just, parents are not allowed to, to be in our room. No. Dude, you are not that's, in my room. I'm sorry. That's gross. No. But one can, you, that's you, not healthy. That is like totally unsanitary. But would you want... Reese's Pieces, no doubt about it. Reese's Pieces. All day. Mrs. Monty, what would be the 3,500 pieces of candy? Do you have... What's your favorite candy? Well, I like dark chocolate. Like, uh, you like dark chocolate is your your wait what? Dark chocolate no. is your favorite candy. Well, I mean, ah, oh, the bots. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, I don't know if I had to pick a those chocolate oranges from uh, the UK. They're like an orange that you like crack it and you have the little wedges they're like dark chocolate and orange oh yeah the chocolate covered orange is the one not to be confused with a chocolate covered apple anyways but yeah, yeah I, no my if, if i had to eat 3500 pieces of candy a month it'd be m&ms yeah i need them to be small and see i'd want it to be peanut m&ms because then you can yeah. like crack the candy shell and like enjoy but this the nut is just not an option like they're not gonna let you eat the same piece <laughs> of candy 
all month long. And if I had to do that, it would be peanut butter M&Ms. Now you're talking. Okay. Peanut butter, not peanut. But because peanut butter. Brit, not peanut, because Brit doesn't enjoy the nut. Right. What? I'm just trying to clarify. What is the problem? All right. Um, <laughs> Giggity says, Mrs. Monty strikes again. O- orange flavored chocolate is tasty. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, Eric and Raleigh says, you missed the basketball conversation about an hour and a half ago. Okay. Um, Fat Jesus says, cinnamon bears. Mm, I'm not a big cinnamon bear guy. I could eat gummy colas for an entire month. Swedish fish and Swedish Reese's fish. Pieces mixed, mixed But that's together. the other thing. This is a salaried position. You know the longevity you have to have in this position? That's probably why they like, have to rehire a lot. Yeah, probably. like, damn. And I'm telling you, good dental benefits. A hundred. All of that sugar in your teeth oh. all day long. Don't Dude. you have to, like, Ugh. aqua floss and brush. Like, Y'all feel me? Constantly. And pick your teeth. Ew. Oh. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Ryan Buckley mm-hmm. says, how many crusty socks did you have under your bed, man? That's just not. What? What? Um, Scammer Trolling says, I'm guessing the bots were sent by 1280 The Zone. Yeah, probably. You know. <laughs> I'm gonna, that, we keep deploying them. That could be. Uh, talking with Raphael Podcast, I used to like sour Skittles. Ooh. Ooh. Now I can't eat them because of the chemicals. Yep, that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, a lot of people on Cinnamon Bears. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mardino87 says, mini Starburst packets are great. Yes, they yep. are. Yep. Yes, they are. Yep. Tanner Plummer says, gummy bears? Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Gummy bears or gummy worms? Gummy bears. Okay. Gummy bears. Gummy, gummy bears. bears. Yeah. I like the combination of sweet and salty. Like, if well, you put that in. Dude, it, Reese's Pieces and Mike and Ike's, dude. It's, it's that simple. But it's why trail mix is amazing. Yes, M&M's it is. M&M's and cashews? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Please. Uh, let's see. Uh, John Jackson says, a buddy of mine works in the food manufacturing industry and taste tests coffee after each batch is made. He says it takes a toll on him. I'm sure it does, Ooh. dude. You know how stained your teeth would get? Ooh. Nah. I am... No, no, okay, no. Okay, so I am not a coffee drinker. No. I, my, Mrs. Monty I spends, coffee. I mean, a good part of your life making lattes up in the kitchen. Right. I spend I mean, like maybe two minutes a day. Well, that adds up, you know. Anyway, okay. um, the reason that we're homeless is because Mrs. Monty has like a right. rocket ship of a coffee uh, machine. Right. Uh, you know. That's not I, true. But I'm not a coffee drinker. Do, do a lot of people in the comments drink coffee? Because the whole the whole beginning of this conversation is, is that junk food is killing you. Yeah. People who eat highly processed foods yeah. are dying. Yeah. That's what this thing is about. 20% or more of your calories from junk food causes brain damage. Yeah. And the other stat is 58% of all calories consumed by Americans are processed foods. Yeah. That's incredible. That is incredible to me. Yes. So do you guys care or pay attention to the food you eat? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I think. Well, Mrs. Monty, you're kind of a, you know, you're crazy about it. Yeah. I pay attention to a lot. I'm not eating like. As much as I love a hot dog and would love to be at Superdog eating a hot, you know, a Superdog on a bed of Super Fries, no, <gasps> um, hot dogs are really bad for with me. a fried green like, tomato. Really heavily processed sauce. meats are super bad, but heavily processed foods overall are super bad. Yeah, and here in the United States, we have really low standards for what we're allowed to put in our processed foods, including colorings and high fructose corn syrup. 
like we will put stuff in there that other countries just don't allow. Oh, and we're totally. Like, yeah. It's okay. It's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get that. Can- yeah. You know, get that canola oil in there. Yeah. Scammer trolling says, I appreciate you guys not throwing me out. This is kind of fun. We don't throw anybody out. Yeah. We don't throw anybody out. This You're, is fucking America. Everybody is welcome. Everybody is welcome. Couple more, then we, we got to roll. Let you know who you, that you're wrong, but you know. no, I'm kidding. Anyways, you know, uh, talking with Raphael podcast says I drink eight ounces of coffee a day. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gene Stream Gamer says espresso shots is the best. Oh yes. Yeah, you're a huge fan of espresso shots. Uh, M Alvarez says no Mormons drink coffee. Next comment. See, but is that I don't true? Know that though that's totally true. It's I don't. Not. I, I. But I think. I think the caffeinated beverage thing has changed significantly in the church. I do. I think, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, Giggity says, hey, Mrs. Monty, have you tried the Kopi Luwak coffee? Never heard of it. No. Okay. Haven't heard of it. Eric and Raleigh says Chipotle is all processed food. <laughs> Chipotle is not all processed food. Eric and Raleigh, what well, do you mean by that? We're talking processed. We're talking like... Ruffles. Uh, Potato chips, candy, candy, anything, essentially anything not from the ground yeah. or of the earth is processed. So if you're eating meat, that's processed. If you're eating burgers, fries, um, breads, breads are usually highly processed. Even We're the best talking breads. about things that have a lot of additives. Like, you know, if you look at the, and you know what a processed food is that's not great that sometimes I do like, but it's really not like awesome are like the Beyond Burgers. That is a heavily processed yes. food. Yes. Is it worse than, you know, a hot dog? No, but still not great. I think that, you know, we have to focus on how often we can get whole foods to get yeah. uh, all the vitamins and nutrients and uh, nix out the carcinogens. Yep, I would agree with that. Tanner Plummer says, uh, when I was 14, I accidentally drank coffee and it was hands down the worst thing I've ever had. Okay. Uh, Ryan Buckley says processed foods have plastics in them. I would agree with that. Uh, our rainwater has plastics in it now. So, you know, yeah. we're, we're fairly well screwed on that. Scammer trolling says, why do I have to keep watching ads? You don't. You can subscribe to YouTube premium. Then you don't have to watch ads. Uh, Gene Stream Gamer says Philly cheesesteak uh, is oh good. I love a good yes. Philly cheesesteak. Uh, talking <laughs> with Raphael says, okay, is most vegan food processed food? I mean, technically it is. I mean, if you look at, um, there was a, there, there was or... a big debate about, uh, the white, pushy, creamy, st- um, cream cheese, tofu, tofu, tofu is technically a processed food, yeah. but it's not a high, it's not a, it's, it, we're, we're talking about things that are, tofu is processed, but it's not a heavily additive food, right? Yeah. It, there's, it's like, it, you're, it's like you saying, well, uh, you're, pancake is processed because it's not the whole version of the grain uh when we're talking about processed foods we're talking about things that are definitely not in their (laughs) form they have a lot of like nitrates they have a lot of it's okay to have some processing but a ding dong is not good for you the the amount of preservatives in the food let's just stop right there i'm sorry i thought you said my ding dong was not good for you Anyway, hey guys, what? I'm asking. I'm I'm just <laughs> and, looking and maybe for clarity. You need to, uh, 
share with people what a, the definition of a processed food is? Okay, good. I thought you were going to say the definition of a ding dong, and I was going to say what a processed food it, for the purpose of this discussion is something that's got 30 ingredients in it. Any, usually anything baked, fried, uh, chips, um, you know, candy, certainly baked goods, donuts, enemas, like any of those dessert items. If you have to add flavorings, if you have to add preservatives, if you have to add multiple, colorings. multiple sweetening agents. Yeah. You know, because just because something says it's sugar free, but it's got circle loose in it or aspartame, aspartame or... like that's a heavily processed food. Uh, Giggity says uh, Kopi Luwak is the coffee that has been digested by a cat before being roasted. Learned of it in the movie Bucket List. No, that's disgusting. Bro, what the... What? I'm thought... It, digested? Dude, what? No, that's disgusting. He said digested bro, by a cat. Bro. That's disgusting. Bro, what are you talking about, man? What? Whoa. That's not good. Uh, careful with the glitzy dogs, y'all. Glitzy dogs? Glitzy dogs? No I don't know what that what is. That is a reference to. Uh, Mike Parker says cheese. I would guess yes. cheese is a processed food. Yeah. For sure. Fat Jesus says the white pushy cream stuff. Yeah. Um, that's why you get bots, Monty. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. You know. <laughs> uh, Monty, my gosh, man, the double uh, entendres today are worse than my trolling game. Yeah, they are. Yeah, man. It's amazing. Uh, Gene Stream Gamer says ding dong. Kawhi Leonard's laugh. <laughs> wow, bro. You know. Why, why are you hating on my boy Kawhi? <laughs> Uh, I'm not hating right. on your guy, Kawhi. Uh, hey, don't forget to uh, give some love to our sponsors. We appreciate you guys. Uh, the Barbecue Pit Stop 5 Utah locations. Logan, Lee, Leighton, Murray, and St. George. There's an enter to win box on every Barbecue Pit Stop counter. Go and fill out the slip. Drop it in the box. You're entered to win a trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, October 7th and 8th. We give you two nights in a hotel, the Palms Casino Resort. Two tickets to the game and a $250 gift card to get you there. And it is all brought to you by our good friend, Debra Davis at Academy Mortgage, 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278-545. Call them today. Even if you don't need a mortgage, say, hey, Debra, just want to say thanks for supporting the Monty Show. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.